Commissioner Gordon? He's at home. I sent the signal. What's wrong? Last night at the bank, I noticed something about Two-Face. His coin. It's his Achilles heel. It can be exploited. I know. You called me here for this. The bat signal is not a beeper. Well, I wish I could say that my interest in you was purely professional. You're trying to get under my cape, Doctor? <laughs> a girl can't live by psychosis alone. It's the car, right? Chicks love the car. Episode 79? How do we get to 79? Anyway, oh, well, we did. We did. <laughs> 79? That can't be right. We're inching nearer to 100. Oh my god. I wonder what that film will be when we do get to 100. It'll be something mildly disappointing. It's something in the Tarantino series. It'll be T of Tarantino, it? I imagine, wouldn't it? Uh... it? It is, because we've got. Hang on a minute. Let's think. We're on 78. We've got. Three Batman films to go. That'll take us through to what? 81? Oh, no, four, sorry. So it's 82. We've got the music episode. We've got about eight Star Wars films. And I think then we go on to Tarantino. With, yeah, with Bond, it'll be something very near the end of the Tarantino series. Of course, it probably will be something disappointing then. Unless we do like a very special episode of Do You Expect Us to Talk? Where we just play our best bits. <laughs> or, or we reminisce. Remember the day, guys? Remember the time we talked about Lionel Richie? You know, <laughs> Did you hear Ted Danson fell off his chair? Yeah. <laughs> oh, remember that, folks? <laughs> A time when Chris couldn't pronounce that man's name. <laughs> what, David Schneiden? <laughs> yeah. Strangest... Uh, like Poisonheimer. That's when Snowdown... Snowdown. doubt. Anyway. Yeah, so we're on episode 78, Becca. 78 was last week. 79, so, sorry, whatever it was you just said. Yeah, it is 79. So in case you missed all that, yes, this is episode 79 of Do You Expect Us To Talk? I'm your host, Becca, and joining me are Chris Byrne and Dave Bond. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm, I'm good to Good evening, folks. Fantastic. Fantastic. Are you feeling forever? That sounds a bit rude. <laughs> anyway, tonight we are discussing Batman Forever, which I think is probably like the worst title in the whole Batman series. But there we are. It is funny because I do remember reading the trivia that uh, Tim Burton hated all these titles like Batman Forever. It just sounds like he really said it dumb. was something you put on a tattoo. He said, "Yeah, yeah when you're having a bad which night out." Which actually, he's worked a lot with um, Johnny Depp, and Johnny Depp got one saying Winona Forever, didn't he? Yeah. I think that's maybe what he's referencing. It might well be. It is a yeah. shit title. You think this would have been called Batman and Robin because it is largely about Robin? Yeah, you introduce Robin. Yeah. But no, we'll save that for the next next time. Yeah, where it doesn't actually mean that much. <laughs> no, this is this is where we do descend into true comic book mentality. 
Anyway, in this movie, we have Val Kilmer, Chris O'Donnell, Tommy Lee Jones, Nicole Kidman, Jim Carrey, Drew Barrymore, and John Favreau, if you can spot him, with um, a score by Elliot Goldenthal, script by Juliet Scott Bachelor, Lee Bachelor, and Akiva Goldsman. We have to discuss mm. this at some point. We must discuss. Um, and directed by Joel Schumacher and released in 1995. I think they just had an yeah. orgasm at the thought of Eva <laughs> well, Was that oh. a Comodian or Bondian grunt? Yeah, it was a grunt. I don't like this guy's <laughs> work generally, but go on. We've well, done some amazing films. Quinch's now... tale's amazing. <laughs> a Beautiful Mind, come on, come on. Beautiful Mind's not very good. I've not seen Beautiful Mind, but apparently I won an Oscar. It's not very good. No. I think it's quite good. I enjoyed it. Um, but enjoyment and rating it is two different things. Um, Enjoy whatever you like, but I don't. I don't think it was an Oscar-worthy piece of work. Let's have a look. Yeah, he's done a lot of not very impressive stuff. No, and I'm sure we'll get to it. So anyway, what are our overall thoughts going into that now, Fred? Well, I think uh, we'll let the ladies go first. Uh, Becca, what do you think? <laughs> Thank you, token lady. Even lady. Um, <laughs> I probably can't say that these days. Never mind. What? It's what? Gone... I'm a lady. <laughs> it's gone a bit um, out of fallen out of vogue. Um, I'd, yeah, I remember seeing this one at the cinema. Um, I think, even though it came out probably the same year, maybe on around the same sort of time as, as Goldeneye. I was a year older, so a few months before Goldeneye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went with family, so it was alright. Um, and I, I don't know. Some thought, oh yeah, it was quite good. Um, and then obviously watching it again for this, thinking, oh my life. What the hell? Um, yeah, it was at the weird time when like movies were just movies, where it wasn't actually yeah, bad or good. Movie. It was just like, no. well, it was all good. It was just like, yeah, yeah, you know, you saw Batman for like two hours. That was fine. That was all you needed. No, yeah, you just need a bit of escape as well. And I would kind of argue that, though, I just kind of mean, um, I, I would say there's probably a point, the late nineties through to like really early two thousands, that audiences got a whole lot smarter. Um, I'm not just kind of like tiring everybody with the same brush and saying you're all a bunch of idiots. Um, There's a kind of bit before that point. You are though. Um, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of them. Um, but yeah, it's just, you can go in, watch two hours of this, and think, yeah, it'll be fine. You know, probably like two or three stars from Empire. Um, I have to find out, or you know, or similar, whatever the film review doyen was of the day. But um, yeah, I think it's very much like like Two Face, like Harvey Dent. It's a film of two halves, I think. Um, probably up until the first. I don't know, like 40 minutes, I think. And then from there on in, it just a real slide into, oh, it, what the hell were you thinking, Schumacher? Um, but no, I love um, Tommy Lee Jones. He, he thinks he's in like, a completely different film. I think 90% of his dialogue is just him maniacally cackling away. Um, Jim Carrey, I just, I love Jim Carrey. I just think he's so funny. I watch him in anything. Um, and here he's, he's just gurning his, his face off. I think it's fantastic. Um, and he's borrowed his costumes from like Sia and... Lady Gaga before they were even born. Um, no, I think it's kind of, yeah, up until from like the 40 minute mark, I find it hugely enjoyable. And the rest of it, I just watched through my fingers cringing every single moment. I was like, I can't watch. Um, so, yeah, that's my thoughts of it. I would give it like two out of five or something, I think. Well, that's actually that's actually a standard rating on press back. That's generous. That's <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I saw it at cinema too. Uh, really excited for this film, as as you know, you imagine it's like, yeah, new Batman, and and uh, and at that time, I, I enjoyed it just as as much as the others. Um, watching it back now because I've not seen it for a while. Um, 
I, I'm kind of in two minds about it. Uh, I mean, first things first. Yes, it's it is a, a crap film. There's there's no getting around it. Um, uh, the the dialogue is crap. Um, the the performances are either well are, are largely wooden. Um, apart from two, which are just so hammy and over the top, Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey, um, they they're just like they're just so just like I'm the villain, so we're just gonna sort of like ham ham everything up to eleven. Ham it all up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I mean, there's only one good performance in the film, and that is from uh, Michael um, Goff, uh, Alfred. He's he's the only heart and soul of the film that actually saves this. Performance-wise, um, but yeah, he's he's the only decent uh, performance in the entire film. Well, I guess yeah. at this moment, he's the only constant, isn't he? Pretty much. Yeah, but 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 to be fair to this film, it does give him something to do. When you think about think back to the Tim Burton films, and I know we would probably, and I suppose everyone else would prefer the Tim Burton films. And I, and I go back to what I said last week. Batman had no challenges in Batman Returns. There was he, he was literally just like turned up and dealt with it. Here there is I can actually see a story here. Uh, for all Batman Forever's faults, there is an actual story. And if it was just like uh, a straight up comic book, you like that was just if you transfer the film into like a comic panel, it would probably work effectively well. Uh, the story uh, is kind of. Well, I mean, the only thing that sort of hampers it is the fact that you add the Riddler and it just, like, it becomes the Jim Carrey show. And then the stuff about Two-Face, which actually fits into what's going on in the film in terms of, like, what the story is supposed to be about, kind of just disappears because Two-Face is just kind of, is portrayed as just, like, I'm just crazy and there's nothing really sort of elements to, like, the two sides of the two characters that makes Two-Face. There's no sort of cohesive tissue that makes it kind of work it's just like Tommy Lee Jones just sort of laughing and cackling and just being like I'm just gonna be crazy villain number two just uh, for the hell of it yeah uh so and then, so it, it, on on that level it works but by and large in terms of like how it deals with Robin how it how that affects to Batman and what he's going through and you have Two-Face as a villain who should be, in my view, should be the only villain in this film. I don't think you need Riddler in this. Uh, I think you need to save Riddler for another for another film to make that work about um, what to fit that into another Batman story. Uh, it kind of just like ruins the sort of like the detriment of the film. It just it just ruins the film really. For those things aside, this actually does it. It ticks off a lot of the boxes narrative wise. The problem is it's just done almost semi like comedic, uh, campy, uh, and the problem is, everyone's just so, comes across so, I don't know what really happened here, because I don't think Val Kilmer and even like Chris Adott are actually that bad, but just, they've been given dialogue, and maybe possibly, I don't know, maybe it's just like a bad atmosphere on the set, because you hear things like, you know, Schumacher didn't like Val Kilmer, Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey didn't get along. There was just like I don't know. There was just like nobody got along really. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe there was just big studio interference. They just fucked everything up. But everyone just comes across as just really sort of like just no emotion whatsoever. No, it just comes across as so bland, and everyone's just like a plank of wood. So it in 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 many ways, it, it you know, 
it, 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 I, I'm a little bit conflicted, but by 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 when I examine it as a story. However, uh, I'm I've got to say I was never once bored by it. So take that no, for what it's worth. There's a lot, a lot going on, isn't it? It's a very busy film. There's literally non-stop action from yeah. the word go. I, I oh yeah, there's that. tons of action in it. There's action scenes that don't need to exist. I mean, apparently I've read there was like uh, uh, apparently the it was like re-edited so like i think the, the, the there was a scene uh in terms of where the bit of the circus was actually meant mm. to be like at the front of the front of the film really rather than like 40 odd minutes in uh yeah. because there was like meant to be like oh two-faced just broken out kind of thing uh the so, action extra action scene in there yeah so i think they they filmed a lot of stuff and then like re-edited it around uh, but it does very come across as very sort of like choppy and easy. Um, yeah. So those are my uh, thoughts going in. Dave, what are your what are your feelings? I was really looking forward to it, genuinely, because um, I, I mean I still think Batman Returns is a better film, by the way. But as I said last week, I I, I didn't have one of my better viewings of Batman Returns, and I was just I was ready for a change. So the idea of like a soft reboot would be fine. And there were some things about this film I'd always liked. So I thought, well, I'm kind of looking forward to this. There were bits of it I certainly wasn't. Jim Carrey. Um, I'll get to that, yeah. Um, (laughs) Because that's basically the sum of it. But yeah. Um, But this is a $100 million film. Now for 1995, that's significant. And yet it looks plasticky and garish and cheap and nasty. It, it is the council estate fucking, you know, film. It, it hasn't dated well. It really hasn't. You know, it's like I, 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 I drive through some shitty part of my town around Christmas and they put up these garish Christmas decorations and you go, Christ almighty, I, I don't mind that you're poor, but fucking hell do you have to advertise it with such shit taste? And this film is like the feature-length version of it. It never know where where to stop. The one thing I'm going to say in its defence is that in recent years it's been very frequently linked to the film that follows, um, because they look kind of similar, and they do. There's there's no doubt that they look like they're by the same director, and obviously Wayne Manor is the same, and so on. It's very easy to look at it and say, well lump them together there is no comparison between this film and next and, and the next film in quality there isn't and i'll go into that a little bit more next week i'm kind of with you chris most people are crap in this i mean nicole kidman does very well but the character is ill-conceived and we'll go through that as we go through it and i'm uh, not sure Cole Kidman does even very well i mean I, I struggle to think of a Cole kidman performance i actually generally think it was, was great Okay, well, well, we'll get to that as we go through it. But I certainly... She, she's not really one of my problems as a performance no. with this. That's all I'm saying. Whereas I look at the rest of them and I think, well, Robin's a miscast. We'll get to why, but he does fairly well. Val Kilmer looks extraordinarily bored. Um, funny thing is, he's the one Batman where the cow they designed for him just makes him look like him. So, if I lived in Gotham, and this was real, <laughs> and I saw Batman, I'd go, oh, look, Bruce Wayne. 
Because <laughs> it just he, looked... he can't. He can't he, he, it's really difficult to separate the two. It just kind of well, it's, it's just, obviously it's just so shaped to the shape of his face that it looks like Val Kilmer. But, um, He's got amazing cheekbones. You need to accentuate it's them. It's the cheekbones and the nose. I, yeah. I suppose. It, I suppose it doesn't matter in movie land because we, the audience, already know this. Of so, course. Yeah. But yeah, it was know. something I noted. Um, Jim Carrey. Well, I'm never going to have an open mind because I don't like him. It's as simple as that. What? But I went into <laughs> not what is it really breaking news that this guy is divisive? I mean, is it really so shocking that some people like man, this bellend? I mean, I went into it tonight thinking, <laughs> well, no, just watch it and see how you go. And I've liked him as a straight actor. When I say I've liked him as a straight actor, actually, when I look at something like Eternal Sunshine, it's not that he's great in it particularly. It's that he's inoffensive in it. And that's actually all I really want from him. <laughs> I've never found his shtick entertaining. The first time I saw him, I thought, God, he's irritating. And then fucking suddenly... He was like the biggest star in the world for a couple of years. Basically, between The Mask of Maurice Ventura and The Cable mm. Guy, he was the biggest star in the world. Thereafter, not so much. The cable Guy was terrible. Oh, my God. Yeah, but that's what broke the chain, you know? Yeah, it really But did. before that, he was the biggest thing in the world for a couple of years. And I've never understood why. Because I will go this far. This guy has no fucking talent whatsoever. And I mean... Oh. Zero, pulling a fucking face in and of itself <laughs> and throwing your arms around is not talent. It, it just isn't. This guy is has nothing. He really doesn't. And, and I've just watched him in this film thinking, well, like, I'll take it on its level. Perhaps it's aimed at kids. And he irritated me for the first second he was on screen. Now, I didn't like... Um, Two Face in it very much. I didn't think I didn't really like Tommy Lee Jones in it very much, but he committed to what they decided to do with that character. What they decided to do with that character was utterly wrong, but I kind of accept it for what it is. But I look at Jim Carrey, and he kills the film Stone Dead. At the moment he's on screen, I'm struggling. And I was trying so hard not to be, I don't like Jim Carrey. I was trying so hard to just go, well, I accept it for what it is. He's the Riddler in this film. But everything is so overplayed and so overmannered. I mean, it, his body and his ma ma facial contortions and his voice are just doing too much in every scene by such a long distance. Um, the worst scene is actually his first the scene where he, you know, it takes his boss's memories and, you know, all that kind of shit and pushes him out the window. It's unbearable. The only scene in it in the film that's as bad is when he's in the Batcave. Uh, it's just too much. No, I think and everything it, that he's become known for is literally encapsulated in this film and it's turned up to 11. And I, to it, I, I, am, I am a fan of him for sure. But I think here I did find it a little bit difficult to watch. Yeah, I mean, if you spend your point to think of the guy, I mean, I don't like him, and I'll admit that, but I kind of liked the first Ooh. Ace Ventura well enough, and I kind of liked the first Mask well enough. Nothing else, literally. Not, not even doing... Dumb and Dumber? Oh, no, sorry. Dumb and Dumber is the one film I think is really good. Uh, he's not offensive in that. I think all his like girl... Liar, Liar, or... Um, Liar, Truman Show. Liar lies a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. The, Tru the Truman Show is not what, what a straight film. Exactly. I mean, it's just that's not Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey. 
Ugas two. He was in that for a little bit. Which one? Oh, sorry. Ugas two. It wasn't very, not very memorable, but. Mm, yeah, I mean there haven't been many things I've liked him in, but. Bruce Almighty. Uh, I thought that was quite a funny film. No, I hated Bruce Almighty. Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a bit in the street where he's in his car and he says, "Hi," you know, he parts the crowd in front of him. Yeah, with yeah. whatever he says in the car. And I saw him pull up in his car and I thought, we're about to set, get some Jim Carrey shtick. And we did. What? I got just, the power, that one, that bit. Whatever it fucking well, see, was, wait, wait, he, he said. He gets a bowl of soup and literally it's like the red sea. And that's what said. it is. Yeah, he's, um, just, he's, he's just not my thing. And when I was a kid, my father really hated Steve Martin, who I've always uh, thought was really, really talented. And I think that the way I must have looked at my father over that attitude must be the way Jim Carrey fans look at me. In the, I, I don't get it. I do not get it. I really don't. I, he was funny in Dumb and Dumber. He was because the completely over the top, no relation to reality shtick works in that film. But he isn't, he isn't as 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 gurning um, in restrained. it. It's a little this bit more. Film is so over the top. I mean, you say dialed up to eleven, it's dialed up to twenty-three. Yeah, eleven's <laughs> stupid. It's just so over the top every single scene, and I just think cut down the affectations just a little bit. We know you're being hired to be Jim Carrey, and I would have happily accepted it on that level if it wasn't just so turned up that I'm just itching every time he's on the screen. I'm struggling with it. And, and Two-Face is not good in this. Tommy Lee Jones is not good in this. But I'm more forgiving of it because he's committed to a choice. I think it's the wrong choice. But, yeah, it's not very good. I think the film looks very cheap for $100 million. I think the story is would have had potential with a different director because it's all about Bruce almost struggling with recovered memories. Yeah. And I kind of like that. I wish they, I wish they had used more of that theme rather than just you know Two Face and Fiddler. I think if, if they played if they'd used more of the memories kind of theme of it, it would have been a much better film and elevated it just that little bit higher. Well, the problem is is you have Riddler and like you think, well, what does Riddler play in, in this story? And it doesn't. It just like it's just kind of like an added element. And of course, because it, it's Jim Carrey, it come up. It comes the Jim Carrey show, and he is, yeah, it is pretty much. And because That's he's overreacting. Actually, you've you've hit on it there, Chris. My problem with Jim Carrey in general is neither here nor there, but my problem with him in Bruce Almighty as an example. Now, Bruce Almighty is way better than Evan Almighty. It's sequel. Um, it's not all bad. But it's it's that nothing ever serves the character or the story or the situation. It's It's all a series of skits from Jim Carrey, most of which don't have a point other than he just turns on whatever ticks he's decided to do for that character. And it's a real problem in this film. I struggle with him every single time he's on screen, almost bar none. There's one or two, and we'll get to them. And I will try to remember to say, actually, I didn't have a problem with him in this scene. But actually, I think there might only be one. Um, the film is a bit of a mess. I've got to remind myself not to link it to next week. It is, it is streets ahead of Batman for uh, Batman and Robin. It's the most divisive film we'll cover in this series, even more than last week, in that a lot of people really love this, 
But I've got to remember, it's the same year as Goldeneye, and a lot of people love Goldeneye as well. And I do think, I do think, oh, it's better than <clears> Goldeneye. <throat> Goldeneye is way better, but way, way better. Different universe of standard. But I do think that, like, they fall within a similar time frame, so people's nostalgia is kicking in on both of them. For me, I never had that. I, I went to, I didn't see it on first release, and I can't remember why. But about seven or eight you months later, no, it wouldn't have been that. I didn't have an opinion on him at that stage. Um, but for whatever reason, I didn't. And then I went away to university. And like three or four months after I'd got there, so probably about eight months after the film's release, the Guild, which was Liverpool University's name for the union, um, put it on uh, as like their weekly cinema thing. Now, during the time I was there, they started putting it on in the theatre that they've got there, the Stanley Theatre, it's called, I think it's called. And that makes more sense because the acoustics are fine. But when I went to see this, I went, with a, I went with a lady I was trying to date. We were friends at the time. We did end up dating for a little while. But we went to see Batman Forever at the Manford Hall, Liverpool University. And the acoustics were so bad, we couldn't hear anything. We could hear vague noise, but it was just all a mess. So I ended up watching this kind of like a silent film. So I still didn't have any real opinion. So I ended up seeing it on video about a year after it came out. And like most of these first four, I thought it was all right. And that's kind of all I thought about it. I, I, I do think that with a better director, this could have been pretty good. But it's a little bit of a mess and it's ruined by... I do think of this as stunt casting. I really do. It's like, well, who do we have as the Riddler? And it's like, well, who's big and popular and a bit zany? And they've cast this guy that I think 20 years on, if you don't have the nostalgia for his peak, you look back at it and just go, well, like, what the fuck was all that about? Yeah, I think, I do think he was perfect casting for this. Like, you know, on paper is what I... Especially. Oh, on paper, I didn't have a problem with it. I heard he'd been cast, and I thought, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Though I did hear Robin Williams was uh, or names always thrown about for the Riddler. And I, I, there's it, a few interesting casting things with this film. You're yeah, right, Chris. Who were never, uh, you know, Robin never Williams was talked to about this, but I think one of the reasons he turned it down was he was messed around over the whole Joker thing, which was yeah, which was really interesting because I remember watching uh, like one of these Sunday, not Sunday, Saturday morning, like, TV programs, like, Live and Kicking, or, um, I think it was actually What's Up Doc or something, but he was actually interviewed, and he said, oh, what, what part would you like to play? He said, like, uh, it was before this film, he actually said, oh, I'd really love to play the Riddler. Robin Williams would have been better casting, I mean, Robin Williams wasn't that controllable, yeah. and he would have done a load of shtick, and there's plenty of Rob, there's plenty of Robin Williams, I mean, what, what yeah. happened to him was tragic, but taking emotion out of it, there's plenty of Robin Williams I don't like either. But I barely, I very rarely, if ever, found him unwatchable. And and I think I would have enjoyed him more in this. You would have been sort of well, wittier as well, well, I think. Robin Williams and Jim Carrey are kind of like similar kind of things, where they're like the very sort of zany, sort of like fast talking, kind of comedic kind of people. But when they do. But they're very good at sort of like I'm going to sort of drop all that and do a serious performance, and they're actually quite impactful. And they're doing both that. great. And they're actually, both yeah, pretty quite good actors. Yeah. The difference for me is that Robin Williams and I found, like I say, there's plenty of stuff he irritates me in, but Robin Williams has a better control of his body than Jim Carrey, 
in that he manages to incorporate stuff and make them feel more natural. In that when he goes off on a riff, it feels like he is just pissing about. Yeah. Whereas when I look at Jim Carrey in this film, it's overmannered. He, he's gone, well, I'll say this and I'll do this and I'll shake my hips. And it's overthought and I just don't like it. I, I, just... I, I must admit, even watching this, though, like, from my... The very first few scenes, I, I kept thinking, what would they be thinking now? I could clearly see why he would hate this. <laughs> like, I just kept thinking, I, well, and not just Dave, anyone who's not a Jim Carrey fan would really have a problem with this because it's so over the top. It's like, it's not like, it, even like now when I'm like being objectional, I'm, I'm thinking, he can kind of rein it in just a little bit. You know, you just, you're going a little bit too full whack here. Uh, so anyone who is not necessarily a Jim Carrey fan, or who's, who's definitely not a Jim Carrey fan, would really, really struggle with this. Uh, so I, I, I completely why see why. I get why you hire him. On paper, he's pretty good. Some of it is the writing. I mean, let, let's assume for a minute, and I don't know for certain that it's written, all of it. So I'm going to assume that everything he says is in the script. And it may not be, because... I don't want to bash him all the more, but surfs up big kahuna is a shit line. <laughs> and it's just, we, we have to cram as much of this guy in as we can. Joygasm. I mean, really? <laughs> what does that mean? What does that even mean? It means nothing. It just means I really up. liked that to the point that I, I, get may, I may, I may have a, like a, like a semi erotic feeling. Oh, it's like, just, yeah, but it's just like you don't have to fill every single moment of dead air, and that's the problem with Jim Carrey. In this I would kind book. of argue that I would. Like, I mean, as much as I do, I, I'm sort of a big Jim Carrey fan. Um, I just find like physical comedy. I just think that's really, really funny, and that's just my sense of humour. Um, and if we ever come to Austin Powers, also you'll discover that my sense of humor is also a five-year-old boy. Sense of yeah, humor. but I love all um, that. But I no, love at, at the same time, he's not very good. At, at the same time, as much as I do enjoy it. Um, no, that's it. I do kind of feel that we we don't see Tommy Lee Jones to me is more kind of known for sort of like um uh when our man, what's it called? The fugitive. Fugitive, exactly. He won an Oscar for that. Yes, he did more those more kind of straight roles. Um I I know he has done a few sort of comedic roles in that in the past. Um but he's for me he's very much like a straight actor, more playing like cops or you know, sort of policemen or authority roles or like, you know people kind of beyond the law kind of almost yeah it's played um, bad guys before so we yeah well yeah sort of yeah villains definitely come from that but to be in something like i i think he's in he's in a completely different film to what i would usually expect him to be in um and i, I would like to see more of him i just kind of thought oh you know he's quite you know he's, i quite rate him as an actor um but i sort of think i would you, i would like to see more you, of him i could you just, done you just want to be lando carizian really didn't you, you just want to like oh i wonder what lando carizian <laughs> I think obviously when he, you know, when he took that role on, they thought, okay, well, obviously Harvey Dent is going to be two faced later on down the line, um, and then obviously there was a take, there was a takeover, wasn't there? And they had to basically say, right, okay, Lando Calrissian, you can't be in it, um, and we've got to get Tommy Lee Jones in. But now I kind of, I, he's not in it as much as I would like him to be. But um, I'm a bit disappointed that like ninety percent of his dialogue is just like, Mwah. yeah, so, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> evening, literally, I like to read the script, and every time he has a line of dialogue, to see what it says. There's room for a Jim Carrey performance here. It just needed to be reined in. And you've got a director who's just 
uh, there's no such concept of less is more. But there's a, there's a weird uh, thing because apparently um, Schumacher is a, a big Batman fan and he wanted to go for a darker tone, but the studio want, want, didn't want that. So I kind of got a feeling that he just kind of like bowed to what the studio wanted uh, to a extent. So I don't know whether he was just like under studio constraints or or got the brief from the studio and just We'll talk that. a little bit more I about that know. next week. Uh, certainly he was hired on the basis of lightening it. Um, and certainly next week I've, there's more obvious points to make about how he went about doing that. But Batman and Batman Returns was um, well. Firstly, it did a hundred and forty odd million less than the first film, so that was a problem as far as the studio are concerned. But secondly, they they did like um, commercial deals with the likes of uh, McDonald's, so you'd have the yeah, Happy the Meal, are... you'd have the Happy Meal, and so on. Which is fine, but then parents started complaining that it was entirely inappropriate because the film was just too dark. So I get that the whole point behind this film was a panicking studio saying, we've got to aim this way more at children. So I get it, but um, I don't... It, it, it's Again, it's a film without a vision, vision, isn't it, really? It's a film where they've just gone kids, toys, etc., it feels a lot more like the source material is purely on the 60s TV show. Yeah. Yeah, that's even more so next week. I tell you what, should we discuss this film sequentially, folks? Okay, sure, why not? Um, so we start with like really cheap, horrible opening credits. Um, Which are fun. Is it be... really terrible? <laughs> you know, it's like the Superman credits. <laughs> if you watch them in Quest for Peace, yeah. Yeah, but if you watch them with a plane taken off right by your ear, <laughs> it's all a bit like calm it down. It's screaming at us, particularly the way they go across the um, screen. Yeah, but it doesn't look that good. It does look a bit cheap and a bit too like you just sort of pull that on your, you know, your Commodore sixty four, well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, new score. What do we think of the new score? I like it. What do you guys think? I think it worked. Fine. I like the old one. Yeah, I mean, I prefer the Danny Elfman one. Uh, that's more so striking. do I, but if you're going to change it, this wasn't that offensive. I was quite no. happy. Yeah. No, it was, yeah, I, did, I didn't dislike it. But I was kind of pining for the old one. Pining for the old one. Um, but yeah, I, I do like Danny Elfman in his, in his scores. Um, but it, this is okay. It's serviceable. And um, yeah, so we get to that. We get to Batman Forever sort of swishing past. And then uh, we have to the first scene where you see Valkyrie was suiting up, and then it is lit. This literally, like you, you think going in first scene in, oh, this is a comedy. This is a comedy. Because like it you looks say, like a comedy. Well, the, the, the first line of dialogue is like you know, like you know, you got Alfred go like, "Would you want to take a sandwich, sir?" It's like, <laughs> I'll, I'll, "Would you take a sandwich?" I'll get drive through. Yeah, and he just I'll get drive through. <laughs> and it's just like. Okay, this is a comedy then. This is like, uh, this is like you're gonna do a, a spoof comedic Batman film. It's like this is the '90s. Drive-through is a new the thing. Let's just shove this in as a reference. We are now at a point where, um, I mean, when you look at the the Nolan films, it's just like a space under the house that's kind of like a cave. Yeah. 
when you look at this, it's all neon lights. It's worse next week, but it's all neon lights <laughs> and smoke. He's and it's like, well, into if it. I was calling up my car, I've got to have it on a rotating platform with dry ice coming out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, obviously Bruce Wayne's a multi-millionaire billionaire, so he's got too much money, and a lot of it goes on dry ice. I must say, the overall look of this film, it does, obviously there's a lot of, I can't pronounce it, sorry about that, um, like chiaroscuro going along, um, and also a lot of really odd Dutch shots, like before they were even popular, and, and some very kind of reverse shot angles, which is a little bit weird. Um, there's not so much frame like God shots, but more kind of, I don't know what I'm going to call devil shots from like underneath. Yeah, you um, have like really odd, like sort of like camera angles, like sort of pointing like up or down, sideways. Or, yeah, <laughs> um, and just where, where they where they make no narrative sense whatsoever, and it's like, oh, okay, very strange. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of obviously interplay like shadow and like, which I think is quite interesting. Um, lots of bright colours. Um, it's very trippy. This film it has a very trippy texture to me. I think. I just think it it takes a special kind of talent to make this much money look a bit cheap. It does, the, yeah. I, I can tell they spent a lot of money on it, but everything looks very neon and plasticky. And I think because it is so bright, because it is so in your face, it does look a lot cheaper. Like compared to like Nolan, for example, where it's all very much. Again, you've got the, the light and shadow, um, but it's done with more kind of um, respect to like tone, um, and it, it's scaled back a lot as well, which kind of makes it. It's more um, like like prestige, and you know, not to, to pun, but. Um, you know, it's kind of more of a um, an event movie, as it were. Yeah. Well, speaking of a lot of money being cheap, uh, next thing is Tommy Lee Jones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he spent four hours in makeup for that face, you know. Yeah, which is really... We're going to get to the scene I've taken the piss out of a bit later on. And it makes well, no that's sense. That's why Rick Baker, I might add. The legend that is Rick well, Baker. Well, I don't want to... Yeah, but I mean, the thing you've got to remember, uh, I would never knock them... Well, I, I, I will knock the makeup in that I don't think it's a great idea. But if he is realising what the director's asked him for, then he's realised it well. It's perfectly competent makeup. It's just not the way I would have wanted to see them go. No, there's a lot of, like, purple and blacks and greys and... It looks stupid. And greens. There but you no, I, you know, have somebody of that stature on this film. Obviously, you know, he's done what's after him. Um, but I just think he's a legend, you know. He, he could, like, but you know, any, any sort of top film, flight in. He should any... be able to get Rick Baker. Well, to no, do that's a it. Batman film. <laughs> but I think that's amazing. But I think, you yeah, know, any top flight person in their field takes a dive every now and then. <laughs> but no, it's, you know, I, I, got it. I think it's quite cool makeup. You know, you've got the kind of slit down the middle. Cool. But it looks cheap. It does, it does look very cheap and nasty, unfortunately. But it's it's so like it. it's so painted with broad strokes as well because it's like okay, it he's in a typical suit, and then in the in the in the dark suit, it's all like bright, colourful. His his hair's completely lots of purple, lots of greens. Yeah, and it's always wearing like it's like who who's your tailor? How are you getting and these it's suits? Literally <laughs> a perfect line, and we get yeah. to it when we see in his house later on. That's just mental as an idea, but we'll get there. But he is robbing the second bank of Gotham on the second anniversary. Yeah. Of of what? I can't remember. Was it his escape or the first time he? What was it? Second anniversary. His, of his kind of his kind of in in, in inverted commas um, like origin story. It's kind of literally rushed in. It's like oh by the way he was he was um, Harvey Dent and 
this is what happened to him. Yeah, it's, show, it's shown on a TV once, isn't it? But yeah, but basically he's standing over like a, a bodyguard doing his uh, his flip a coin thing of like saying all oh, heads uh heads you Would live. you feel safe if that guy was your bodyguard? No. <laughs> oh hell no. No, I, I suppose but he's just like one of the, like sort of slubby bodyguard uh not bodyguard, sorry, uh security guards. Uh you know, in a bank, you know, you typically sort of see, and he's, and you know, he's doing the sort of like, oh, you, oh, oh, guess what? You get, you get to live, and you're gonna throw him in the safe and use him as human bait, um, which doesn't really make sense because he, he, he then floods it with acid. So, um, so yeah. So and they have to have the guy yell, "Oh no, it's boiling acid." Why That's why I cringed so much. I was like, really. Boiling? I, 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 I don't know, but we're jumping ahead of ourselves here. So I was like, you don't say. So we so also about Batman flies in, meets uh, uh, Gordon and uh, Chase. Oh, yeah, Chase Meridian, and she's like literally hard on for Batman straight away. Um, it's very amorous, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if women had penises, it would be fucking like a tentpole, wouldn't it? At this point. She is absolutely fucking wet for him. <laughs> yeah, but I love the fact that like, Batman just sort of like just goes in the situation, just sort of glides in, just goes like, "Yeah, I'm here. What do you want?" <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but yes, yeah, so, uh, even from the like first scene, I just thought, um, old and uh, poor Pat Hingle. I mean, Commissioner Gordon... I know, bless him, sidelined. I mean, he's given more scenes in this, to be fair. Yeah, no, but yeah, all of them are him standing around in uniform looking fucking clueless. Yeah, basically, basically going, what's going he's on? Standing, staring up at the sky. What the okay. Um, the way Batman makes his entrance looks all right. The way he sort of sweeps towards camera, that looks okay. And that's Dave's one positive comment for the film. Uh, no, there'll yes. be more. So Batman fights uh, obviously the henchmen of Two Face. They all got these bar carvers with like red and black stripe down the centre. Um, though how someone like Two Face, like like he's portrayed, would ever get someone to work for him, I don't know. Uh, but but that's what happened. And, and I guess we we do see like a little um, some sort of fighting work here. Um, it's, I think it's probably a little bit better than Batman Returns. Yeah, they've got a, they've got the Batman character moving better. Um, not from scene to scene. He's still got to turn his old body, but they do manage to get scenes where there's obviously a double doing various yeah. gymnastic kind of moves, which we haven't seen in the first two films. The only thing I will say is that the city, whenever we see outside, it, it reminds me of Batman the animated series. It looks animated. It looks almost drawn. Yeah, it looks computer game like you are playing like a nineties computer game. That's yeah. well that's what it looks like. It, I, I, I don't know how it was created, but it doesn't look very good. No, but it's it's dated very poorly. Uh, yeah. what what I will say is, like, even from the opening uh, fight scenes, um, I did notice Batman doesn't necessarily kill in this film. Uh, well, we do get a scene later where he absolutely does, but we'll get to it. Oh, which one's that? Is this the the end? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, he put, he does kill Two Face. There's no, there's yeah, no I mean that that's that. that's the only exception to that. Uh, but by and large, uh, I don't know. There might be another. I can't remember. But, but not, I might remember as we go through. But he does yeah. kill Two Face. Yeah, he do, yeah, he, he does. I think that's that can be argued that he may have like tricked him to do it himself, or he sort of he's like made him seal it. But then you could say that for Batman to. But Batman Begins, can't you? To to an extent. Yeah, I mean it's it's not that big a deal, but but yeah, but I, by I, I but by and large, he's not just like I mean because uh, there's a bit in the fight scene where he the uh, one henchman like knee falls in the shaft and he grabs him and he pulls him out and, and then kicks him down again. You know, so it's like he's clearly objectively not actually killing people. Yeah, because he's trying to teach like Dick Grayson not to. Yeah. Um, and it is a bit of a shock when he does effectively kill Two-Face and Grayson does look down after him and there's an element of Batman has almost broken his own rule there yeah yeah I mean we are jumping right to the end of the film but you could actually say that he he killed uh, he killed Two-Face so he didn't have to so he kind of took the burden yeah yeah, you could make that argument but anyway yeah I, I don't but I mean going back to the start I don't like this action sequence very much. I kind of like the way he makes an entrance, the way he sweeps in. It's very stylized, but I think it looks pretty good. Uh, but it seems to go on forever. It's quite a long sequence. That gets even worse next week. The opening action sequence next week is like an absolutely epic length. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch that. Did, did, did you find any of this pretty tense or or not? Oh no. No, not tense in the slightest. I mean, uh, to be honest, it was all just visual, visual, visual stuff. I mean, like, I mean, he he get he, he fights the henchman, he goes in the safe, and then like, there's like, it's a trap, and then, um, and then, Two Face sort of flies the safe from a helicopter with uh, with filling up with acid, which I'm not sure how where this acid is coming from, but it's filling up with acid. Yeah, he's filled all the like um, special compartments in the safe with it. So as as dumb as it is, uh, I did think back to last week with Batman Returns, thinking Batman's never put in any perilous situations, and I'm thinking, well, this is actually a perilous situation, and he actually has to think about what he would do to get out, and he uses the hearing aid. I'm not sure how why that matters, but he uses like the the uh, screw guys hearing aid to actually get out of the safe. Uh, yeah. And I thought, okay, well, at least, I mean, this is all very, like, stupid. But at least it addressed that issue of, like, of last week where, like, Batman just didn't really, was challenged anyway. Yeah, Here I he's mean, actually... my, my memory of watching this is, like, um, or, or when I watched it properly, I didn't have a major problem at this point. I've never liked the aesthetic of these yeah. two. I haven't. I did way too neon and cheap and plasticky and weird. I would agree, yeah. Um, but I didn't have a problem at this point at all. I, I thought the sequence was okay. I just didn't really love it. And it went on a little bit too long. Yeah, then it just goes on for more because, like, obviously he gets out the safe, releases the safe, then he has a fight with Two-Face in the helicopter. It goes through a sign. Two-Face shoots a Batman shooting the pilot. And then... It goes into the Statue of Liberty, and like Two Face jumps off for a parachute, and Batman just jumps out in time. So it's yeah. just so you know it is very much like you, you you read that on script, think fucking hell, this sounds epic. You see in this, and it's like the only problem I have with hindsight is I look back on it, and um, 
Two Faces cackling is now both slightly irritating and woefully inappropriate, and the film is full of that. The, the villains laughing at fuck all. Yeah, it, I mean that's this is. I mean, I absolutely agree. With you. I think Two Faces completely just sidelined. I mean, sidelining the story by the fact that there's Riddler there, um, and he just takes over the, the main story really. Uh, but also his portrayal is just. Where's the, Where's the? How does this reflect? How does his character reflect the story? Like, how does it reflect him as a person? He's just a madman. There's no consistency in terms of the whole uh, one side uh, justice and, and punishment exactly, kind of thing. And there's, there's no split personality. He is permanently a nutcase, but he flips a coin to decide. Yeah, I mean, but half the time he doesn't even do that. Half the time he's like. Oh no, that's not the answer I want. Okay, no, that's not the answer I want. Oh no, that's not the arbitrary. There's no logic to it. No, there isn't, Becca. Absolutely. But that's the whole point. That's the whole point. But but had had he been the sole villain, there may have been more thought and more detail, and would have explored that a bit more. You would have. But more is more at this point. You would have had a better film had it just been Two Face, because you would have had Two Face plus the intro of Robin, uh, and all the other character stuff that Batman was going in was going through it in this film and it would have worked a lot better um but you have jim carrey as a red leg gurning shit up uh so so uh, we get out of this action sequence where do we go from there because i think we said um well pretty much straight we we meet your favorite character edward nigma this is his worst scene in the film i think part of it is um i was reminded of it when we got to the amazing spider-man 2 with electro um, that the character is is or his alter ego is made up so um, falsely in, in that like no one looks like that in life. Yeah, it's the same with like when you look at the Electro, you know, before he becomes Electro, that stupid comb over and everything. No one. What actually... Dr- Dwayne Dibley? Yeah, exactly. No <laughs> one Dibley. looks like that. <laughs> it's um, Dwayne Dibley, isn't it? But his whole body movements are wildly over the top. He, he works for Wayne Enterprises. He's clearly quite a clever guy. But he's developed this thing, which is 3D technology, which is quite funny because we've gone we through... We have it today. Well, we've gone through an era of 3D since this. And yeah. TVs now are, are once again being made without 3D because it didn't take off. The idea that like everyone would have like lost their shit over this has been proved actually wrong in the last few years. But yeah, I've got a real problem with this scene. Wayne, uh, Bruce Wayne is sort of meeting his staff, and he's trying to pitch to him, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's clearly like besotted with him. Like he's obsessed with Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, so the, the 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 idea that Eggman is kind of. Uh, to an extent, a smart genius, but he kind of looks up to him, and in a sense that he is like almost like wants to be him. So he's borderline absolute fucking insane. Uh, <laughs> but it, it it's you know he's he, I mean Jim Carrey is over the top uh, completely, uh, but it's just it's just the logic in it. it just it's it, movie wise because Bruce kind of tolerates him to an extent. He's like, okay, well, manipulating brainwaves, that sounds a bit dodgy, but give me what you got and I'll look in. And he pushes him. He's like, you know, no, I need an answer now. As if, say, 
well, no, then. <laughs> all you had to do, all you had to do, was develop your pitch a bit further, yeah. being cognizant of this guy's concerns, and you might have had something. At very least, he might not have said an outright no, and he might have worked with you on it. I know he's supposed to be mad, but uh, although there are mad people in life who do odd things, yeah, it always strikes me as fucking lazy in a film. You know, yeah. it, it, it's just like, well... It, it was the idea that he had to push him for the answer. I was like, why do you have to push him for an answer? You, you're, 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 speaking, no you're speaking to the guy who you are supposedly obsessed with. You should be, like, following his every word. You'd be like, I'm oh, yes, of course. And work in any company, and unless you're extremely senior, half the time you haven't met the chief executive or the owner. When you do, it's kind of a big deal. And I don't mean you should be in awe of them necessarily, but if he is immediately pushing them around, it's like, you waited this for this for years, you probably would have this better planned in your head. <laughs> but Yeah, it, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's like when the film would say, well, he's mental. Well, well yes, he is. But it just strikes you as like, what? Okay, that's just a bit... But mental sure, is yeah. always used as a defence when the plot doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, he's crazy. Yeah, but know. he's crazy. Yeah, but even like in terms of that, it's like, well, he besotted with him. He's like, you know, it's and it, and it, and he walks away. He's like, you were supposed to understand. Yeah, you know, as so if he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Sorry, Becca. I just. I love it. Oh, They're all make... painted much broader I'll, than I want. I'll make you understand. <laughs> Uh, but even there, there's an extreme close-up on his yeah. face, and I, every muscle in his face must be doing something. He uses all calming, the muscles. Calm it down, you Even there, there were muscles you didn't know there were muscles. Yeah, so anyway. God but, almighty. Uh, Bruce is called out because uh, someone's called the bat signal, because uh, Chase did. <laughs> so, so, um, bat signal's not you know, meant to be used like that. Yeah, so I think this is like Dave's point key chase scene, isn't it? I was thinking lovely. At this point, Nicole Kidman at the time of filming this would have been about 27, something like that. And, yeah, she's just, I mean, it's wildly over the top. She's ridiculously oversexed and that. But just simply to look at, she's extraordinarily beautiful and elegant in this film. She does bring an air of sty- you know, stylishness to this movie. I'm but it is, that. it is ludicrous. But, but she's plain and boring, though. Like, there's no emotion by any of the dialogue. No, no. It, it, she's not great, actually. And I think I may have started the show by being complimentary about her, but the more they I They tried to build her up it, as, like, this kind of tough character. I mean, there's obviously a scene where she's kind of going, mm, mm, or kind of, mm, mm, you know, making noises. Hmm. And obviously thinks he's in trouble, and um, turns out she's just, you know, you know self-defense training and it's like it doesn't really go anywhere with that. which is obvious they haven't really disguised the sound effect that just no. sounds like that sounds like someone working out <laughs> it sounds like going oh 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 you know or making like, sexy noises yeah, it's, it's basically roger moore behind there go oh i'd like to hear like an alternate dubbing of that where we have like just roger going oh yeah, we, we all wear masks <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, Roger Moore, the the lost uh, Batman we never got. What I love about this <laughs> is when amazing. he when he does go to meet her in her office. Um, she's supposed to have just worked out. 
but there was not a fucking bead of sweat no, on there. No, she wasn't but yeah, the whole bat signal. Uh, Chris, Commissioner Gordon, who's reduced to running around in like his pajamas and a hat, <laughs> um, rushes out. But yeah, she's just got Batman there because she wants to see him. She's got a cleavage on display, but she uses the defect that she uses the excuse that she's worked something out about Harvey, which is basically his duality, which is obvious because he's called Two Face and there's two mm. sides to him. So, yeah, that's all kind of obvious and pointless and shit, to be honest. Well, you know, you might as well sort of tell us in a, in a TV segment later on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, while that's going on, um, uh, Ed, Ed is uh, basically kills his boss by draining his um, brainwaves. Basically uh, taking his IQ... Or absorbing his IQ, so he kind of like knows exactly what he does. And then uh, this gets to the bit where you kind of like start tailing off because it's like that's where the whole big Gahuda line where he throws him out. It the just window. goes on for so long, and he pushes him out the window. Now I- I'm happy. Well, he's there to dancing check. while he's like doing. It I know like... it's just so like just you can do a scene without some of that. You know, just some of it. Just just not every idea you have is gold. Edit it yeah. in your mind that I'll do like forty percent of it, and that might have been funny. I don't rule out that, uh, that he could have been pretty good in this role, but it's just too much of everything. The other thing that makes me laugh is he pushes him out the window on a chair tied to it, and then he he doctors the film that the guy just ran out the window. <laughs> which, all right, let's assume the technology exists to do that, but presumably when you find the body. And it's tied to a chair. That might contradict your story a bit. <laughs> I mean, you would have to hope that, like, the chair broke away from the fall and all, and all the rest of it. But that's assuming a bit, then, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but I did laugh at the security footage. Well, this 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 proves it. I was like thinking, how the fuck did he manage that? Like, <laughs> just, just manipulate video evidence. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that doesn't really work. No. Uh, but yeah, it's like you say, Dave. It's like he, you know, he, he throws him out the window, and he not only says serves up big Kahuna, but also makes like a, oh uh, the oh, he, judges he, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah like so. Yeah. He, I hate he, this he, he he might have set off for the bronze. Like, that's two jokes straight back to back, and then just sort of maniacally laughs. But again, that that's what I was saying earlier about Bruce Almighty, and that it, it's not whether these films are any good or irredeemable or whatever. But it's like you hire Jim Carrey and just go, do your shtick. And whatever he does... You don't do anything with him. Yeah, but whatever you do, goes in. Whatever he does, goes in. You know, I don't know what he was doing on set. Maybe he did ten times all, all, all of this. But it just seems that, like, whatever this twat says goes <laughs> in the film. Um, and uh, Tommy Lee Jones said to him, I can't sanction your stu- silliness or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones hated all this. And I can, I can see why. It's not that it's silly. Humour by its nature is pretty silly most of the time. But this isn't fucking funny in the slightest. Not to me, anyway. I'm sure some people really enjoy it. But this is just... Am I supposed to be enjoying this? He's just shouting random crap. Yeah. So anyway, uh, speaking of Tommy Jones, we get that uh, TV footage of... Uh... 
of a Batman at the trial when the toothache gets the acid. Well, on. when he's just when he must have clearly <laughs> must have just been sat in, in the, the jury. <laughs> just like I laughed my ass off at that. <laughs> well, first off, the idea that he must have just been sat in the gallery dressed as Batman, <laughs> so he's just sat there, you know, relaxed and listening to stuff. Um, secondly, the idea that he just had acid on him to throw. Well, that's fine. But he threw it at Harvey Dent's face, and it's just so lazily shot that it clearly covers all of his face. And somehow he ends it up just with just off of his face. Well, he, he did hold it up, but you see it move and hit all of it. Yeah, but it, what kind of confused me is like he's kind of like got it, got half his face covered by the file, but yet the file looks like it's stained with blood. Yeah, that's so what that, weird, that's what kind of confuses me a little bit. Yeah, but yeah you still shake your head and think, what, really? You see the file move, it clearly covers most of his face, yeah. not a perfect line down it. It's just but, bad. Yeah, and again, they, they can't fit it into the story or into organic dialogue, so... See, well, it, it probably would have been better had it been, like, some sort of dialogue that would have, like, like you just, you just heard, like, whether it be Batman to tell a story, what, what happened... He yeah. would have like gone, oh, well, well, I can buy that a lot more than actually seeing it, do you think? Rather than just watching it the same as us, and we've got no idea what characters make of that. Yeah. Yeah. See, especially now, we actually, when we're not even in the first Batman film, we have really no real grasp of what Harvey Dent was like before this. So we have no real understanding of Plus, it, where you know, he is would, now? Would you even remember that that's meant to be the same guy? Yeah, true. Um, but even then, there's just no like, there's nothing to sort of say to give you any idea of what this character actually is, other than like he's just mental and he's got a gimmick with a flipping coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got a gimmick of having like two two sides to different things. Which, with like... no backstory, is not a great gimmick. Yeah. So yeah, so Riddler leaves a riddle for for Bruce at work. That was like so. That was like the the one for the clock. They're it? crap as well. Yeah, <laughs> they they're, they're very easy clues to figure out. Like literally, like oh, the the first thing we clock. Yeah, they're pretty sort of straightforward. They're Anyone all, would get them. Yeah, yeah. You, you think you think if you're gonna do a Riddler film, probably like nowadays, you would have something a little bit more challenging. Oh my god, that'd be like kind of kind of. That's a, that's a, that's a proper, make you think. Yeah, that's a proper brain teaser, that. Brain teaser. Yeah. Yeah, it's just lazy. Um, so. Uh, do, have we done the circus yet? And Dick and all the rest of it? <laughs> well, Flying Grayson's. We were, well, basically. The son Richard. Well, well, well basically, before that, we get uh, Bruce has, a, has that meeting with the chase, where she's like beating up the, the bag. Uh, and then yeah, yeah. she's she's not sweaty at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a conversation about to, like there being two sides and like conflicting identities. And he asks it all like the Legion Dream Doll, which doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah, I mean you kind of get this fact that it, it looks like two faced You know the elements of the two sides. But... Yeah, there's there's, an, there's nothing to link them together. Though. Yeah. It's just a bit. Uh... No, and he had it back at the end. It was like, well, there's some good doctoring men. Here's here's some doll. That some people with superstitions <laughs> use. Thanks. Where'd you get your medical degree? Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> but you can but you can see like the two different sides of that. No, you can know, see like okay, well there's, there's two that that's Two Face. That's also Batman with his two identities. Which one does he prefer to be? Um, so yeah, we then we get like he back to the circus and we get introduction to the um, to the the, the Flying Graysons. Um, and then Two Face uh, sieges it with a big bomb. Uh, again, this was like another thing where I was thinking about to Batman Returns and. You know, again, Bruce is actually putting up a predicament. He's like, oh shit, uh, Batman's got to show up or someone's got to feel the density of Batman. And I've, you know, he, do, he does actually made a, made a point. What of... I love is that, what I love is the direction of the responses. Because Two Face, you know, basically knocks out the ringmaster and goes out into the center himself pretending to be the ringmaster. But the thing about rings is they're 360 degrees. And the camera's only pointed at the good side of his face. Mm. And when he turns around, the audience gasps. And I'm like, but half half of them could see it anyway. Yeah, I didn't get that. It's like, one half could see one, and the other half could see it. It's like, oh, it doesn't make any sense. It's the same later when the Fine Graysons fall to their death. They fall, like, hundreds of feet. Yeah. But Chase only gasps as they hit the floor. Yeah. Like, it was hugely unexpected during... I'm they were falling. It's like they might be okay. They might be okay. Oh no, not okay. Yeah. Oh no, not okay. <laughs> they might put on their anti-grav boots on the way down. They'll be alright. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, there is like, but it, you know, in and of itself, it's yeah. an okay. Yeah, I mean, like Batman does go, oh shit, I'm in a predicament here. Well, I have to give myself up, but no one hears him because everyone's like panicking and screaming. So he goes in there, and actually tries to fight him as Bruce Wayne. Um, Which doesn't give anything away. Yeah. He screams for Batman and suddenly this billionaire would be able to afford all the gadgets. Runs over and fights like a boss. (laughs) It's the only person who's actually doing it as well. Uh, No. That's the fact when he puts the cowl on, the cowl is Val Kilmer show. Yeah. But, you know, the uh, the Graysons do uh, get the bomb and Robin takes it. Or Dick Grayson takes one, takes it outside, but they get shot uh, by Two Face. One bit of the film that's actually reasonably tense, because it only just hits the water before it blows up. Yeah, yeah, there, there was that. There's that kind of like, oh shit, is it going to blow up before? You know, just just in time. Um, yeah, and then he looks back in, and you can see Dick looking at, uh, sorry, Bruce looking up and thinking. <laughs> My God, this poor man has lost his parents. That's just like me losing mine as a child. Yeah, I mean, I do think it's effectively well t- like told, this bit. And Chris O'Donnell's pretty good, because he looks in and he's out of breath and there are tears in his eyes. He, he plays this quite well. Yeah, what do you think of Chris O'Donnell? We haven't really so, so much about him. in this, I think. He's fine for what the film requires. Um, I, I don't know that you should be casting Robin at that age. And, and Chris O'Donnell himself was, would have been about 23 when he filmed this, I think. Yeah, he was quite young, wasn't he? Yeah, but, no, well, is he, though? I mean, but, but Robin is normally a child. Well, considering, how old was he in sort of the original series? Was he kind of like a teenager or something? Well, I mean, Robin is, as I say, normally a child. So about like, like 19, big... 18, you think, maybe? Well, yeah, like... but, but even that's pushing it. Um, when, when, not... when you say a child, I tend to think of, like, 
if there are any sort of fans of um, games out there, they'll, they'll recognise Presser Layton. No, like, I mean, kind of um, yeah, it's like a ten-year-old boy as as a as a sidekick. It's like no, that's I, not that's not kind of what I'd define. Well, I, I, I would have yeah, thought he'd be I, around 16, 17. But I, I don't think you can do it in in live action film. I don't think it really works now. Plus, it looks uh, a bit dodge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I can understand they've gone a bit older, but Chris O'Donnell is twenty-three. That's he's a twenty-three. He's probably a bit too a bit too old, maybe. You're saying. Yeah, well, we're we're giving it. You know, oh my God, he's lost his parents. Well, losing your parents at any age is really painful. Trust me. But um, he doesn't need fucking adopting at twenty-three. <laughs> Yeah, there is that, I guess. No, he's 23. Maybe he's playing younger. No, he's not. He he is, because he says to him, Dick Grayson, college student, which means he's like 18, 19. Yeah, so there we go. So, I I mean, he does play him as someone who has kind of gone off the way as like a little bit of a rebel. I say say a little bit of a rebel. He is a complete rebel. He's completely reckless. Um, But but then that that adds to the fact that he is someone who needs someone to be taken under the wing. He needs someone who who needs guidance. You know, who would be... Because like, his first instinct, as soon as he gets adopted by Bruce, is, I want to kill Two-Face. Which... Well, he actually says, he says to Bruce, hang out at a lot of biker bars. Yeah. And, and the thing is, this is the gayest it ever gets, because... Um, Apart from the Val... earring. Well, no, it's just that, like... Val Kilmer spends a lot of scenes around... Um, a peak Nicole Kidman, if you like, in terms of she's gorgeous in this and looks wooden and disinterested. And the only time he actually perks up a bit is when, like, Robin comes to live with him. <laughs> yeah. We must remember his top man is uh, Top Gun training. Top man training. Yeah. Top men. <laughs> top men. Entering the Batcave is something very different. That takes on a whole different meaning. <laughs> yeah. It's you know this is this is all okay. I think the yeah. scene's pretty well done. I mean, uh, timing aside, it's not very well directed because you you literally have Nicole Kidman's head moving down as she's watching them fall through the air, and as they hit the floor, she gasps. And I'm thinking that there's no shock there. You've just watched 15 seconds of them falling. <laughs> um, Exaggerating at 15 seconds, but you know what I mean. Um, <clears throat> um, but the idea of like plucking a sort of lost bird if you like you know the whole robin thing you know a kind of a lost soul it, it's not a bad idea in general and you can't cast a child i wish they'd gone a bit younger i, I wish they'd cast like 16 17 not 23 to play it too I, I don't know who they would have cast though i can't remember who would be good at the time Leonardo but... DiCaprio turned it down matt damon also um Audition for the role. I had no. It would have been interesting had, had that gone on, you know. Yeah, Matt Damon. And obviously having. Matt Damon would have been even older. Matt Damon. Twenty-five. Sorry. Um, I I know because there was a change in casting because originally this was going to be Michael Keaton as Batman. He read the script and ducked out. Um, but on the anticipation it was going to be him, they cast Rene Russo as Chase Meridian. Um, and when Michael Keaton dropped out to do more interesting parts, i.e. not written badly, they went they, they looked at William Baldwin, um, and then they oh. went and then they went with, with Val Kilmer. And of course they <laughs> Billy Baldwin is too ginger. It's not ginger at all, William Baldwin. <laughs> no, not ginger, it's too like um oh, what's the word? 
unusual looking. <laughs> I just okay. think it looks a bit strange. <laughs> Are you sure you got the right ball? Boy? No, I was thinking of somebody else. No, I was thinking of got him with his bro. Um, no, no, he does, I think he's a, he's a bit of a, 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 a weird and, of the shoe. I think he just looks a bit weird. Now, William Strange was the one who was in Sliver. Yeah, that's why he's a little bit like. Then they decided to go younger, and they very nearly went with Ethan Hawke, which is quite interesting because Ethan Hawke's a little bit Christian Bale-like to look at. Uh, and then there was, and then like they went with Val Kilmer, and then they had to go a different way on because Renny Russo at this point was in her forties, so they were going to go with Renny Russo, and they ended up not, and it was Nicole Kidman and Val Kilmer. So there were various different permutations of how this would have gone. Uh, I mean, for Two Face, for example, I mean there was a contract in place for Billy D. Williams, but they changed their mind. What made me um, kind of disappointed when I read this, but it was Wikipedia, so I don't know if it's just the nuance of whoever wrote it. But Damon Waynes was going to play um, Robin. Was going to play Robin in the last film. He had a contract for this film, and the description was they decided to go with a white actor. And I just think, like, if that was your criteria, you're a bunch of pricks. <laughs> but if you decide going a different, I, I get, I guess, like not being controversial, like we were like, oh, I don't want to sort of be too controversial here by changing the the typical dynamic. That yeah, would, that I mean, whatever happened, they went, they went with, um, they went with Chris O'Donnell. He's okay. I tend to think Chris O'Donnell, in general, is just bland. Yeah. He's okay. I think he's just bland. But he's kind of all right in this film. Again, it all gets coloured by next week when they're all given ludicrous dialogue and none of them are very good. This is not how I would have cast Robin. Now, don't ask me for a name because I've got no idea. But I wouldn't go with, like, 23-year-old male. I just, it's just not the route I would have gone. I wouldn't have had Robin in it to start with. I fucking hate Robin. But if you're going to do it, that's not that controversial, Becca. No, no, I'm joking. Don't worry. But um, it's not the way I would have gone anyway. But if you're going to cast Robin, and they actually do his origin pretty well, um, this isn't the way I would have gone. But having gone this way, he's kind of all right in this. Yeah, it's not too bad. I think he's kind of helped by... um... Michael, uh, Michael Goff yeah, as well. Help by Michael Keaton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michael Jackson. Oh, Michael Jackson lobbied hard to play the Riddler. That could have been a very different. Film. That would have been weird. Sarah <laughs> 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 I can't even imagine it. You'll have the second for the Browns. In terms of Robert, uh, Robert I, I do think like the strongest scenes are involving him and Alfred. Uh, I, 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 I do. I, I think there's a really nice scene where he sort of explains the fact that why he wears the helmet of the of of the Robin, um, and I think there's a sort of like, like a logic and mentality to Alfred, which is kind of like the, um, which is it's kind of, kind of like the, the guardian of Bruce, and he's kind of taken upon him to do the same for Robin and sort of teach Bruce that, no, you need to kind of, this this guy was you not so long ago. You know, he, he needs your help. You need to, you know, you need to kind of like, he needs guidance because he sees like darkness in him so he needs to rein in. And there's this kind of like a lovely sort of warmth, sort of sense of encouragement. It's like, oh, the Robin will fly again, you know. And you won't th- stop him. This yeah. guy is better under your tutelage 
putting himself in harm's way, then we all say no, and he'll put himself in harm's way anyway. Yeah. So he needs to learn your morals, rather, you know, and and you know, and maybe you know, you might probably need like someone to watch your back while you're out there. Uh, so there is like a good. I think that is that stuff is handled well, and as like like I said at the beginning of the podcast, um, I think Alfred's probably the best part of this film. Um, if won't we? Uh, sorry, bubbling there. Yeah, but Alfred is the best part of this film. Here we do do go from there and have like uh, Riddler deciding his name, which I hate. That's so cheesy. Well, they might as well be sat. They might as well have put the um... gamer man. Oh god, he was no, the, the gamester. Put him dead. No, it's the way he has to manner his portrayal of every frigging line. In the Captain Kill is a terrible line, but delivered as Captain Kill is even worse. What's even weird is like he's actually got like the Riddler there already. So like, why is he like behind him? It's like, like, so who's, who's the guy with all the costumes? Why didn't we just have a scene of the executives talking to the toy company? Because it would have been the same fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it, isn't it? Okay, how would you like it to be? Hmm. Yeah, just like sort of cut to an office meeting. So like, who should Kim uh, Kim Carrey dress up as? Ah, oh, I think we should go on the real low. Okay, oh, Let's brilliant. See. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure whenever he has a leer, he puts a lot of le- neon fucking question mark signs in it. But even then, it's not even clear. It's like, okay, you just sort of, he's just like, he's got that, that puppet guy dressed as a Riddler pointing to the thing. And he's like, oh, thank you. He's like, how's that telling me he's a Riddler? I don't know who, the, like, the name of whoever that thing is. So, why, you know, like, yeah, it it's kind of. Crap. Uh, so, uh, where do we go here? Do we go straight from that to Riddler introducing himself to Two Face? Uh, do we? I don't know. Is this the Rid- Is this Two Face at home? What when he's like? Well, I, I guess so. It's his hideout, isn't it? Isn't the whole point that he has a duality? That it's a split personality at war with itself. I, would he really have an apartment split right down the middle with a woman dutifully waiting in, in fucking... <laughs> yeah, with Barrymore. In each <laughs> other, <laughs> extraordinarily fit, with him drinking both drinks at the same time. Uh, and their meals are really funny because they've both done him a meal. And hers is all like white foods. Yeah, souffle and, and angel And the other one is like that. a raw side of boar or something. <laughs> boar. Boar like, or something like that. Oh, it's just like, what the oh, hell? Oh. And it's like, there's implication that he's actually going to eat both and it's like, you're going to eat a whole pig and... <laughs> <laughs> and a whole boar and a whole... Oh, what was it? Donkey. Yeah. Donkey that heart was or something. It. Like, donkey it's meat like or something. raw side of raw donkey meat, wasn't it? <laughs> something well, like that. What? She's cooked him a boar on a spit and a side of raw donkey meat. <laughs> like, where the fuck did of... the writers get that from? Let's take this character to the extreme, so. I know. You wouldn't uh, catch Andy Carosian doing that. Uh, 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 does he lie? Does he lie in the middle of a bed, the one half of which is really comfortable and the other half? Is this like Red Dwarf? I was just thinking, yeah, you've got... Literally, uh, there's, there's a lot of this film that reminds me. Do they shag half of his cock each? I was thinking, how does that work? Because he's 
<laughs> There's a lot of split down the middle as well. I know. This is terrible. A lot of this film does remind me of Aradorf, actually, because like the whole, the design on on the kind of the, the bad side of his face um, does remind me a lot of when they get um, when Lister gets space mumps, and it does look a little bit like that. It's all kind of the texture of it and just the design of it. it just it looks oh, it gives me the gives me the um, heebie-jeebies actually. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of red dwarf about this movie. Is that, is that one where he's made to eat a tarantula? That's the bit always like kind of makes you go. <laughs> yeah, that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Is there anyway I can unverbalize that one? And again, let's take, it, let's take the subject away from two faces. He, well, you, he comes in and what, waving his cane about, and it's like this is so you, but so you, and it's like you. I, I fucking hate this. <laughs> Please. I mean, I, during the film, I, I kept forgetting this was recorded like two decades ago. Mm. I kept I kept thinking, you know, like almost like it was live. I was like watching it, thinking, can someone shoot him? Can someone shoot him? Can <gasps> someone strangle? Can someone strangle this prick? It, I don't wish him any harm. I really don't. But watching during the film, I, there was almost like an urging me that like anything to stop this, get him off the screen. I'm not enjoying this. I don't well, like Two Face either very much. Yeah, but... for me, it just overtakes the film, and I, and if I'm a main criticism of this, regardless of all the, the kind of the crap performances, it just that it it doesn't need to be there. It's just like this extra thing that just overshadows everything, and it doesn't matter whether the scene in question benefits from mm. that shtick or not. It's just do your shtick, yeah. and I'm tired of it. Well, you're gonna have a lot more of it. Uh, so, yeah, he, he basically introduces his uh, his whole egg, uh, enigma machine that, which kind of like, it's it's kind of sold as it? an like entertainment thing, like three D TV. Like, and I'm not quite sure what the product actually is meant to do. No, I don't think we. I think we're never really told. It's just meant to be like kind of like, oh, it's sort of like a like a new interactive TV thing, but it really just sort of drains you. Well, I don't think you drain your blood cells in the fact that your brain cells that you don't actually have an IQ anymore, but it just kind of like does a copy of it and he just absorbs everyone's information because he, he basically wants all the power or all the on the brain power. He wants to be like the smartest, in his words, smartest uh, carbon-based life form. Uh, yeah. And he, which uh, does answer the question because there is a plot hole that people um, point out that they say, "How did he fund this?" And like, but he already says that like it will get credit card numbers and all that. Yeah. As long as he can fund the prototype, he, he'll he'll be able to fund fund constant expansion. The one f- scene I don't find him too irritating in is when he's at the ball. Oh, what being. Oh, when right. he's black, when he's black tie doing his sort of Bruce Wayne copy, he's actually okay in that scene. I think that was quite but, a good scene. Yeah, when they're out robbing together, though, again, it's just tone it fucking down, please. <laughs> well, Particularly t- as pol- policemen are just stood there waiting to get punched. Yeah, I love that. They just stand there waiting to get punched. It doesn't help when like uh, Tommy Lee Jones is there hamming it up as well, going ha 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 as well. It's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, so, I'd, I'd, yeah, uh, do, is that the next scene anyway, the the, the ball? Because we do have, he, he basically does the announcement thing where he's like, 
there I am selling my new product, blah blah de blah. Um and yeah, he's there at like the his new launch thing. I don't know if I'm missing I've like skipped over a few things. Oh, uh, you might be missing the press conference where he talks about it, but I don't really give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, we'll just go over it here. Yeah, spin on the film's crap, carry on. Yeah, spin on. <laughs> so that so we I mean that there's probably more like uh uh, sort of Robin stuff. Uh, oh, the bit where he does his fucking laundry. Yes. That is the natural precursor to the next film where he screams cowabunga. <laughs> He's cool doing his extreme moves, isn't he? Well, it's just to kind of show laundry. that this guy's got ability. He can fight, you know. He can yeah. fight. He... he can ring that t-shirt. <laughs> you know, if, yeah, I was going to say that proves it. Getting your t-shirt onto the line and it's already part dried, you must hard shit. What I love it, he's he finishes <laughs> spinning like his, like his t-shirt on a mop, hooks hooks on a line, and on his just, ankle, and then just mops up all the excess walls. I know. It must be more exciting way for him to show his skills rather than doing his laundry. Yeah, he cleans up after himself, which you know could have. Uh, but doesn't he uh, find the Batcave? There is a scene where Alfred goes to go into the Batcave. Uh, Robin suspects something because that's a room he can't go in. He's at the top of the stairs in what is a mansion, so he thinks there's no danger, or Alfred doesn't anyway. But as the door is closing, it's the slowest closing door in the world. (laughs) Robin does what feels like about 15 minutes of gymnastics to get down there and slides in the door, finds himself in the Batcave. And we see the rotating fucking disc, the Batmobile's on with dry ice and spinning lights. Yeah. Because you need all that. I mean, yeah, I think that's probably one of the film's funniest moments is afterwards where uh, Alfred is trying to tell Bruce while he's with Chase. And he's like, no, he's taking the car. What, the Jag? (laughs) No. The the other car. Other car. Not the Bentley? (laughs) No, the other car. Damn it. I know. I, I do often watch when I watch this. I wonder what the view from Alfred's perspective must have been. It must have been. It must have been yeah. all snot and double chin. <laughs> <laughs> that used to be like an Alfred movie. What where he does some cooking and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it, it tells tales of Bruce Wayne horse riding. Benedict starring Michael Goff. <laughs> he tells tales of horse riding and stuff. Oh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, in, in the R-rated version, the horses have sex. Yeah. It. So yeah, I, I don't get what his mentality is of like driving around in in the Batmobile. Because he drives around into some neon urban area where yeah. gangs are dressed in neon paint, which is fucking awful. <laughs> so he's got his suit, all right. It looks terrible. All of it. Don't like this Batmobile. The fin on the back looks so stupid. It looks like it looks like a kind of stylized version of a fucking skeletal Nike trainer or something with a massive <laughs> fin on the back. It looks terrible. Yeah, it does look very sort of like fan made, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. Awful. So yeah, we we get a fight scene, and then Batman Batman comes in. So obviously like, the cat's out of the bag. He. Robin or Dick, whatever, um, he kind of like, you, you know, he's sort of like, you, uh, you let them die, you let them die, which is kind of like, well, there's no animosity towards Batman at all previously, so I don't understand where that's coming from. 
Uh, because he knows it's Bruce now. Yeah. I, I, I guess, but then, like, well, what... what he's did angry. You... He's shouting at Bruce. He's not shouting yeah. at Bruce. But, yeah. I, I, I guess, but it's just a little bit like, well, he was there fighting people. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, but he, but then that's over and done with because he said like basically says like well if I if I would have died I would have them so if I would have died to save them would have them uh, so yeah we get the uh, the ball thing don't we with the scene you like uh, where he's kind of like m- like sort of mimicking Bruce Wayne with like sort of like how's my mole who um, cares <laughs> uh, Bruce uh, Bruce goes into uh, Kind of stupidly into the computers, like, oh, is that thing unplugged? Uh, Drew Barrymore, who's clearly with the Riddler. Yeah, it is. Mm. Okay, then I'll go in. I'll, I'll, I'll save to go in now. Riddler turns it back on again while he's dancing with Chase and uh, takes Reed's Batman's mind, which basically resembles just a big bat flying towards the camera. That's all <laughs> it's about all it's the time. It's just one giant bat all the time. <laughs> Would would that necessarily be absolutely proof that he's Batman? <laughs> if it was just like, it's just a bat. It might be just fallen into a bat cave at some point. Or he just might have a a real fascination with bats and like wouldn't like. What's the logical extension of this? If you read my mind and there's a memory of Michael Barrymore in there, I must have killed Stuart Lubbock. <laughs> <laughs> it's not evidence, is it? No. No, it's just like kind of like okay, well that's a bit interesting, but it it I I, I guess it adds further evidence towards the fact that he just looks like him. <laughs> it was such a relief when I saw the Nolan version because I didn't see anything wrong with that until I saw the Nolan version, and it's like well, in this version it's like well I was scared but only only at first, or I was scared at first but only at first, which is inelegantly written. Yeah. But like in the next one, he's immediately swamped swamped by them like a swarm of bats yeah. and you can see why that would terrify him just the sudden shock to his system and spike in heart rate he'd struggle to get over that but you got Val Kilmer like gently looking at this elegant bat it's like yeah uh, yeah and I like in returns how we just how it's just casually just sort of put like sort of like bats scare me my enemies will share my dread and that that kind of like I find that's explains it, and and it's why it's just done such like casual, kind of consistent kind of okay. Well, that that, that makes sense. That completely makes sense. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're basically just a big flying bat. <laughs> Echo. Uh, so uh, what happens next? Uh, yeah, t- uh, Two Face because he's crazy decides to take over the <laughs> the the do even though like. Uh, uh, Riddler is kind of like, what are you doing? What's the point? Why, why are you doing this? They're like, partners. This is mental. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's you know because like Two Face has two sides for everything, so you know because he's 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 crazy like that. Yeah, but uh, it's the fucking nut side that agreed to this. <laughs> All right. I I don't know what side agreed to this, but anyway. Um. So. Yeah, so Batman has sneaks sneaks off and comes in as Batman and fights a few people. Uh, hence the your interest was good, his was better. Yeah, and and Two Face is drinking two drinks at the same time out of each side of his mouth. Of course, like they, of course they, he is. They have got no idea about Two Face behind be, beyond the most basic conception 
there's two halves of him that are a bit different. Yeah. It's literally like, yeah, drinking two drinks, eating two meals, smoking two cigarettes. Fucking two women. Yeah. <laughs> it's half, half a cock per woman. Yeah, but basically Two-Face just come, um, comes in and actually nearly kills Batman. But then Robin comes in and saves him thanks to uh, Alfred with yeah. his. Oh, they need to burn him to death. Yeah. Yeah. And then like he, he, he sort of swings in and sort of grabs him before he falls. Um, and then he's like, decides right. Well, I'm just giving up being Batman now because just because well I can't be asked. I kind of want to decide. I'm giving up the the Batman identity for. Love essentially for Chase, I guess. Okay. I get. I I get the impression he was gonna. It played to me like he was gonna get rid of the Batman identity, to stop Dick, which makes no sense because the whole dialogue is oh, I say people I don't know anyway. It's <laughs> like, well, we've missed the point. I, I mean, if Batman Batman isn't just a friends and family scheme, is it? I I guess the whole point of what the film was saying was seeing the having having faced what Dick is going through it sounds funny to say Dick but, uh, <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of a mirror image of, of him so he's like thinking no well, well I, sh- I shouldn't be doing this either so and plus also uh, it's probably better for me to, to, to stop to sort of decide to sort of stick to one personality and then and also, like, does change. I know it. The film the, has got a vague idea in here about duality, but yeah. doesn't play it well. Does 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 Chase really love being a shield for Batman? So, like, so when he turns up as Batman, and we get that really fucking goofy grin, which is probably on on the like the meme of it that the played the most mean part of this film, the Batman with the grin. So we probably just got to jump straight ahead, basically. Uh, so. Basically, Batman sides be Batman. They basically they they come to Wayne Manor, Riddler and Two Face, and they uh, kidnap Chase, uh, shoot Bruce in the head, skimmed him in the head, not not actually kill him, and blow up the Batcave. Uh, yeah, the, the, which is another scene I hate. Yeah, because he's overacting. What, what, it's what, just it's just too much of everything. And he's con he won't shut up. And what makes me laugh, the irony of it is, is he goes into the bat cave and it's intruder alert, intruder alert, and he goes, Shut up! And I'm thinking that's good fucking advice. <laughs> Take your own advice. It, it, it's your favourite bit, the, the the sound effects where you sort of like adjust his crotch. Doodle doodle do Yeah, so yeah, he blows up he blows I just up. don't like I don't like any of this. I mean, a lot of it is you know the director and everything else and the way he's sort and staged all of it and I know you don't hire somebody like Jim Carrey and completely rein them in you know in a comedy you wouldn't hire um, Robin well, Williams well, this to is do that peak but it's Jim Carrey just isn't too it much. but it is just every single instinct he has is acted upon and it's just too much and it, and it feels so contrived it's just tone it down just a bit please I am just desperate for him to shut up every time he's on the screen, and it isn't just shut up; it's just stop moving so much. Everything's got a tick and an affectation and a funny walk, and it's just you don't have to do all of this. 
if fans of the show want to show appreciation, they can send Dave a Jim Carrey box set. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They make fine coasters, don't they, Dave? Yeah. If you really want to pay tribute to Jim Carrey, get your kids vaccinated because he's a twatty anti-vaxxer. Oh, there was that Maury's, um, his, well, ex-wife, I should say. Well, no, he was dating Jenny McCarthy, but he still bangs on about it. He's an anti-vaxxer. Oh, is he? All right. Which the funny thing is, I've always said I can separate the man from the art, and that's absolutely true, unless I already don't like them. And then it's just more evidence that <laughs> in I hate this guy. I just wish he... Well, I'm glad he's just not that popular anymore, because it was just a stain on cinema. Everything I watched him in, he was just awful. And this is probably the worst example I can think of, because, like I say... It's all at a hundred and fifty percent. What would be the the next worst if you if you had to choose? Next worst performance. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that he ever in, it annoyed me in it, that much. I you know I remember going to see the second Ace Ventura, but like it was so silly and harmless fun. I, I wasn't that bothered by it, and the first one was kind of fun. Sometimes like the general humor of the film and lightness of it kind of overcame my my um issues with him the last time I, I i watched him and just thought this is purely a vehicle for his shtick was bruce almighty and it was the bit where he was in his car and parted like and he said hi ho away or something like that whatever his line is i just thought this isn't fucking funny and it is purely and the whole film is just a a showcase for his shtick, yeah. which was t- which was tired a fucking decade ago. It was meant to be his comeback, wasn't it? And it did well. I mean, it got a sequel as a result. I mean, it did very well. I don't hate him in everything. Uh, I, I I do like Dumb and Dumber. I do think um, that um, I, I I do think that like he's a pretty decent straight actor, very understated. And I think if you put him in something that's very light anyway and very silly sometimes the film matches him and it feels a bit more appropriate but in this film which is incredibly tonally confused anyway because this is the most pain we, we see Bruce Wayne in in any of the first four um, and the aspect ratio doesn't help either this is like 178 to 1 like all of like a flat screen TV if yeah. you like and there's a lot of close-ups to him in the last sort of 40 minutes of the film and I'm just begging for the camera to go somewhere else and for him to just say less that's all it's not that you can't have him in this film and it's not that it can't work it just everything is too much it's it's almost like when your neighbors are making a fucking racket and you just want them to shut up so you can go to sleep that that that's what this film does to me it's just too much and it needed a director with a bit more restraint it needed a director with a with a, a track record of comedy actually i do think if if you'd had if they I, went full on just like oh fuck it it's, it's a comedy now um i'm not saying that but i'm saying that if if you had a, a more conversant comedian with comedy like he'd have been too old by that point but like a carl reiner you know the guy who did yeah. the jerk the rest of it I think he might have made I think the end result might have been Jim's performance looking a bit more natural 
it's almost like so, this has been directed with someone with a complete tin ear for comedy, tin ear and tin eye, if you like, because he can't he can't judge um, the um, he can't judge the, the visual humor either, and he's just gone. Well, it's Jim. He, he knows what he's doing. He's a comedian. And whatever Jim do does makes it on into the final film because yeah. he doesn't know any better. That's how it feels. It isn't all Jim Carrey's fault. Jim Carrey is doing what he's been hired to do, but there's just no restraint in it at all. And given I never found him that funny, maybe they never edited like like the extra or, like all the all the stuff in it. Like if it was like edited like a bit and you sort of took out a few of the things that you would have been less probably like troublesome for you so but because it's like oh it's Jim Carrey well everything he does is gold literally we're all in it's kind of like oh it's a bit too much that's what it is I, I, I do think part of it's Jim Carrey but at the end of the day if I was an actor or a comedian or something and I was making a motion picture I, I'd be very much ju- judging a lot of it to my director and the editor I mean even even on a smaller scale something like this show we say things that are, that get cut out um, yeah. for, for no you, other reason you, than, you throw out whatever it is and just I'll like throw I'll it just... out and if it doesn't work I'll cut it I don't yeah. actually cut that much on average listeners just just as a general rule of thumb about five to five six about six minutes is probably the average what gets cut out of one of these shows sometimes it's as high as 15 but that's like an, a maximum so most of it stays in but because I edit it I feel quite comfortable saying something because I know I can just take it out if it doesn't work and I, I do think that it's not all Jim Carrey's fault for that reason he's just pitched it but nothing's been rejected yeah and he probably hasn't given the direction as well either to sort of say can you just rein that bit of dialogue in a little bit can you just can you sort of say it but without manically laughing or can you just sort of tone tone up tone down the enthusiasm just a little bit you know yeah that, that's just how I feel about it I mean Becca you, you like Jim Carrey but was there ever a sense when you watched this that you just thought you know this might be a bit much I watched all of it through my fingers <laughs> <laughs> So why were you gasping when I said he's crap in this video? <laughs> I was just making noises. Um, no, I, I do, I mean, I do have to kind of separate. Like, for example, because um, I'm a big fan of The Who, and when um, Pete Townsend was was accused of like being a pedo, I was like, no, 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 ignore, ignore, ignore. Um, but just, I mean, each case is different. But yeah, I kind of have to separate like the man from his art. Um, and it did go a bit downhill for me when he was like, oh yeah, don't vaccinate. It's just like, you stupid idiot, you must vaccinate your children. And it's just oh fuck's sake. So yeah, I, I, I don't I don't agree with I don't agree with his politics and, it, and all the rest of it. It's the weird Hollywood thing that gets surrounded by people with like just really weird. Kind yeah, of just very very strange. It's like, Considering it's like Scientology, how that just like just that's just strange. Yeah, I might go and see Tom Cruise in a new Mummy movie. We'll see what happens. You know, um, I'll go and see the it's next bad. Mission Impossible movie that he does. So. There it is. I'm not, bothered, I'm not bothered by any of these views unless I already dislike them. But I don't dislike this. Um, I, I don't dislike him because of anti-vaxxing. I really don't. I, I don't care if I liked him. That would be fine. I like Tom Cruise in lots of stuff, and, and quite clearly he's got some odd ideas. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just Hollywood. I weirdness. don't care. 
I really don't. And I, and I mentioned it tonight just to be spiteful, to be honest with you. I don't care that he's an anti-vaxxer. I do because these people have influence, because mm. people think their weight must carry something. It's a very dangerous argument as well. It is a dangerous argument. And, and you know, um, big disease. That's just my personal point of cover. view. It's not a personal point of view. It's good science, Becca. And, mm. and you know, diseases are making a comeback because of these fucking idiots. Yeah. Um, all because of a report that said about autism. Well, I'm sure if Charlie's listening to this, Charlie Brigden has an autistic child. And it's like, well, what you're saying, if anything is better than having an autistic child, is that an autistic child is worthless or lesser in some way. And I think that's fucking offensive. Mm. But my main problem with this film is just the fact that Jim Carrey needs a strong director who knows when to bleed his particular talents in. And in this film, they've just got someone who's just hired him and gone, do what you do. Do what you do. No, definitely. Um, I think they just, I mean, I, I do, you know, I, I do like some of his more kind of straight, more serious films as well. Um, but like in the early days, you know, I love Ace Ventura, The Mask, all that, all that shtick. Um, but I think here we need certainly more Tommy Lee Jones and less Jim Carrey. Um, I think we should probably have more Batman because again he's very. This just happens to be, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's the same as same as last week really. Same as Batman Returns. There's, there's a lot going on. I mean we've got like Riddler origin, we've got Two Face origin, we've got Robin. Um, Batman just happens to be there. Do you know what this film reminds me that like if Batman Returns had been the film it was, but every time um, Batman hadn't been on the screen, it had just been the scene of penguin patting that woman's breast that's what that's what this film feels like it, it just feels like when he's not on screen we've just got this stuff that's just way too much and, and we've been quite easy on Tommy Lee Jones tonight but I mean Tommy Lee Jones is I don't know what character he's playing here well, he's playing zany <laughs> well that's just it there isn't really much to go on the fact that he's just acting wacky and there's no subtext to his character I mean it's I mean, for me, it's more down to how his character is drawn out and the decision they've gone to it. I mean, Tommy Jones is like, okay, fine, well... I think he only took the role because his... His, his child. His, yeah, his son um, is a is a Batman fan and it was yeah. his favourite villain very was like, Two-Face. Very like um, Frank Langella in uh, Masters of the Universe. Yeah. He's got a tour. Yeah, yeah, his, his, his uh, son, I think it was son again in that case. Mm. was a big Master of the Universe fan so when he was offered it, it was like, oh please do this he he wanted to see his dad I think yeah. that's some of the reason Ben Affleck did um... Batman yeah, it's exactly the same thing children who love Batman which, you know, which isn't a bad thing anyway, really, but you know, it, I, I think it's just, it's more of a decision on where to take it, if you gave Tommy Lee Jones uh, a better structured character, he would have fared a lot better you know in doing this role in fact I can actually thinking about it I could probably see him doing like quite a decent Two-Face if you actually gave him something tangible to do <laughs> gave him some intention as to what the character's there to do <laughs> yeah but you know what I mean but in terms of like the aspect of well we got the the, the, the good the good Harvey and and you can probably conjure something like quite menacing as the bad Harvey you know depending on like yeah, on how you want to draw that character out I can imagine he uh, can do scary Tommy, yeah, Tommy, and, he can do, yeah. and he can do very decent as well so actually it's not the silliest casting in the world is it as an idea no no definitely not 
I mean, he, he's done crazy roles for he's in Under Siege, where he's like of the wacky hippie Under uh, Siege. terrorist. Yeah. Crash, die hard on a boat. <laughs> Steven Seagal. Die hard if it was like a two and a half star film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't. Yeah, Steam. And the scout. half a star is Eddie Canary Axe kids. Yeah, I've got Gary Boosie as well. So oh, that's an extra stuff. His tits are rubbish, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> he does get him out in this film. That film as well, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, back to the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically, like the, the Batcave destroyed. Robin finally persuades. I mean, like, there's a line about who's your tailor, and it's like, well, so like, just imagine like, um, Alfred, 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 <laughs> Alfred there. Why's the guy in Washington. <laughs> Alfred That's there. the first thing I thought of, Becca. Don't you know? Mine's a guy in Washington. Oh, thank you, Felix. Yeah, there was sewing machines sort of like putting together this like latex outfit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Probably the you know whoever whoever designed as I said earlier like Sia or Gaga's outfits. But the dialogue's so bad in this. Like in this scene particularly. Oh, oh no, boiling acid. No, no, <laughs> in this scene particularly, it's just like you know, uh, you know, like I, I guess uh, two against two are better odds. Like you know, as like what, I guess like what what makes us friends? No, partners. And it's just like. Really laboursome dialogue, really crap, and and done really, really wouldn't like so like. It, yeah, sexual partners. <laughs> but what's really kind of like crappy is like they've they've done the whole origin of Robin, and he's completely fucking redundant when it comes to the bit where he's actually Robin. I know. Like he's in the boat. Well, he does say "Holy rusted metal, Batman." Well, he, does. he does. Yeah, I think that's great. But his boat but gets blown. He, he gets it blown up literally within like five seconds of like of doing have, it. He should have just flown there with Bruce, just and dived out plane together. Bruce gets shot down, but it's okay. He's got like a a, a bat wing slash bat boat, and then saves Robin, and they they climb on they climb onto the uh, Riddler's Island because uh, he's, he's got an island. I don't think we mentioned it before. And yeah, he said that holy rusted battle Batman. And he's like, well, it's holy rusted. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, he delivers that fairly well because he actually delivers it very ward like to start. Yeah. With. Holy rusted metal Batman. I mean, I suppose right. that, there is like humour in that because you can kind of think. I don't mind that. No, yeah. I mean, if you stuck it in a Nolan film, it would be too nodding and winking. But you could stick it in a fairly stylized Batman film that wasn't this goofy and still have it work. Yeah. Just a little throwaway. It's okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it starts levitating up. They they get split up, and Rob and Robin does fight Harvey. That's his only thing. He does fight Two Face, and he beats him. But then he saves him because it's almost like he has a. Yeah, he stands heroically first with his cod piece on. Display. He does. He does. Um, Look at my cock. I'll just save it now. But how how it kind of play? I mean. It, it's supposed to sort of play in a sort of sense that no, I will not kill you, and then sort of like I have won the eternal victory, but it just plays him as like kind of like really dumb and naive. Yeah, and like and yeah, you, of, you won't be any danger anymore. I've won a moral victory because like you, you watch it clearly, Two Face is just like milking him, like literally going like, oh, you know, sort of like sort of 
just let me die, you'll go to hell. Yeah, she says good boy or something when he comes. Yeah, yeah he goes, yeah, oh, he good bo- oh, good boy, you know, sort of the bat has taught you well, gullible or war, sort of like, or or something like that, naive, but. Uh, no, it's sort, of, sort of stupid, but yeah, something like that. But anyway, um, yeah, so he's caught. Uh, so Batman, so the Batman meets Riddler and Two Face, and they have both Chase and Robin. So I like how white instantly the first intro to Robin, we get his whole origin, and now he's like second damsel in distress. He's damsel in distress number two. And the yeah, other one's in a skirt that's going to ride up when she drops out of the yeah. thing. So uh, there's no comparison. Which one are you going to pick? Well, Chase, obviously. I don't know this little twat. <laughs> <laughs> and she's she's fit. I mean, I, I get I get the dynamic. The whole the whole point is like, well, I get what the film's trying to do, but I'm just about shallow enough that I don't see it as a difficult decision. <laughs> like, why would you choose Robin in that scenario? <laughs> Well, it's like, you know, you could just sort of look at Robin and go like, well, you signed up for this, so... <laughs> unless, you're very in, unless you're very into Eiffel Towering women and you need a partner. <laughs> Sorry, I had a mouthful of drink when you said that. Um, so... Spit it all over everything. Yeah, there's always someone with a mouthful in that. <laughs> <laughs> other, other landmarks are available. Um, yeah, so, yeah... <laughs> I also like the whole Riddler... reenacting re- the Grand Canyon's really difficult and quite painful though. What's the Grand Canyon? Or should dare I, I ask? Just don't. I just... <laughs> just some bullshit. That's a whole other podcast. Uh, yeah. So again, it's the movie trope of like, well, how how are we gonna sort of defeat the the big device thing? I know we'll just hit it. Yeah. So Batman says like, I could have a really obvious riddle that. That the answer is all bat. the riddles of this are shite, and he just throws a batarang at the because apparently he needs he's, he's in a new suit that has like this sort of like aiming again. They ch- it's worse next week, but they change suits to like make toys. I, I guess, but in, in the context of the story, it's like we well, just throws out this thing that's that big thing that's right in front of him. Why does he need the aiming thing? <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, destroys thing and that, that fucks up Riddler, um, and then they drop both Robin and and Chase, and Batman saves them both as if it was like, well, it wasn't really a choice really, he just saved them both, and then yeah, he kills Harvey with the throwing up the coins thing, and then Robin looks helplessly on the stuff, say, oh well, I'm supposed to get satisfaction from that from watching someone die, which is always just a little bit of a. Don't don't stop. But um, and then yeah, we have the end of the film. We have uh, Chase. He, tell, he tells him he'll be Batman forever. Yeah. <laughs> forever, y'all. Uh, it's like in the first film where he says, "I'll be Batman 1989." <laughs> then he says, "I'll be Batman Returns." I'll be Batman Begins. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the Dark Knight Ooh, Rises. Yeah. <laughs> and next week he'll say, "I'll be Batman and Robin." So you well, get two they, for the well, they, actually, one. they actually do say the Dark Knight, don't they? Yes, they? Yeah. Uh, don't show about Rises. So he goes to Arkham. He's clearly fucked in the head. Uh, but and by Doctor Burton as well. well. I don't know if that's it, a it could have actually been a cameo from Tim, couldn't it? Really? It would have been. Though, obviously, he's, he's named for Tim Burton. But... It would have been uh, better if it was Tim Burton, wouldn't it? If it's just Tim Burton. Yeah. Well, the doctor at Arkham Asylum. Yeah. Did you not recognise him? 
Yeah, uh, it's him. <laughs> no, it's not Sim Burton. It was, it was, he was no. named Dr. Burton. What, do you know what that actor is best known for? No. He was Odo in Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I thought he looked a bit weird. I thought, hold on a minute. Any Obergenre. Yeah, yeah I recognise that Odo face. Odo in Deep Space Nine. Yeah. The shapeshifter. A Trek connection. Yeah. I mean, he's known for lots of other things, that, but yeah, that's what our generation would know him best for. And he's uh, one of character what makes me what I don't understand here, right, is Arkham Asylum is a facility for the criminally insane. Okay, so it's full of fucking nutcases. Sorry to be non-PC, saying all sorts of fucking mental things. I'm sure, and yet they bleeped. Doc, they bleeped Doctor Meridian at fucking late in the night or something to say he's saying he knows who Batman is. <laughs> Would you bleep her for that? I think. I think. Well, this is revenge for using for misusing the uh, bat for, signal. From my from my point of view, I think it was just she was just checking up to say to see what he was saying. It's like you know, and it's like oh well, he's 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 claiming he's Batman, so there's no fucking chance of anything remotely revealing that it's Bruce Wayne almost. Um, or he's got that far gone, even if he said. Bruce Wayne, everyone would be like, yeah, fucking whatever. It was yourself not long ago. Um, so, yeah, I th- that, that's, that's the only thing. I mean, by this point, the film is that dumb. You don't really need, don't really need to concern yourself with shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then, yeah, they, they go outside, have a kiss, and then uh, Batman and Robin run towards the screen. Uh, and I like that. That's kind of like a nice touch to the... It would have been better if it was actually called Batman and Roman because that would have made some logic. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know if uh, you know somewhere in the history of the making of this film there was okay. It was going to be called Batman and Robin, but somehow they decided to make it called. They decided to call it Batman Forever. I don't know if that happened or they just suddenly thought no, we'll save that for next time. But yeah, that's Batman Forever. Um, closing thoughts. Uh, it's still it's, too tough. Still two out of five. Two out of five. Yeah, I think that's a fair, fair score. I mean, it's not boring. I never found it boring, but it's just not... It's, it's entertaining. There's a lot... It's a very busy film. There's a lot going on. It's wall, pretty much wall-to-wall action. And it's kind of two hours thereabouts. Um, I think it's probably one of the shortest live-action. It is live action. about 201 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's in there somewhere with the credits. Um, but it's, yeah, one of the shortest live-action Batman movies, certainly within the Warner Brothers canon. Um... Yeah, yeah, it keeps you entertained all the way through, regardless of what's going on. Yeah, and uh, Jim Carrey's not Dave's favourite actor. No, isn't he? No. Oh. <laughs> I, I would be worried to meet somebody for whom he is their favourite actor. Well, things so. Even, even though I find him funny, I must say he's not my favourite. So. If he did, it would be based on things like uh, Tunnel Sunshine and Truman Show, really. I have to admit, I'd be expecting to meet someone a bit slow. <laughs> yeah, there's somebody who goes to clap and they kind of only just manage to hit both hands together I'm, I'm sure there's loads of Jim Carrey fans out there yeah fans but favourite really <laughs> or yeah they're either yeah, all very very young so yeah I, 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 yeah I mean I think we said all we want to say about this film but um, I just need some um some facts, I think. I need to 
dig deeper into some knowledge. I think it's the sort of film that requires um, almost uh, academic interrogation. Yes. That facts. <laughs> Said with so much commitment and pizzazz. <laughs> that facts. Yeah, that facts. Um, no, I was, yeah, wheeling around the internet trying to find some fun facts about this film. Um, I found one actually that's probably quite fitting. Looking at the history of the back costume across the years, um, you'll see this one has fully realised nipples and is <laughs> anatomically correct. You say fully re- realised nipples, but frankly, it's all areola from what I can tell. <laughs> we'll see more of um, Bat Cleany nipples next week, which I'm very much looking forward to. Um, but yeah, Joshua makes a decision, according to dot put nipples and enlarged cock pieces on the bat costumes, um, as well as making Robin wear an earring. It was controversial, um, but apparently he claimed that all these kind of extra mucilage and nipples came from um, obviously all the kind of carved gods that you see from ancient Greece and um, and Roman sculptures and things like that. I think it's quite interesting. Yeah, but a lot yeah, of them have got sure. their dick hanging out. I mean, how far can exactly, you, you go? Exactly, exactly. It's how like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Back fact number two, um, Jim Carrey had a small hand in designing his costumes, which I think is pretty cool. Um, I think there was a rumour that he was going to have like a question mark shaven to his head, but obviously he was going through divorce and had to go into court, so he couldn't really do that. Um, back fact number three, this film is um, contains a number of firsts. So it's first mention of Arkham Asylum in the live-action series, first time we see Two-Face in the live-action series, and also, obviously, as you just said just now, the first mention of Dark Knight in the live-action series, um, as far as I'm aware, anyway. Gossip Gertie is actually married to Bob Kane, is Mrs. Bob Kane, and obviously, it's not really a fact, well, it's kind of a fact, but obviously Michael Goff and um, Fat Ingle are obviously the surviving members, not surviving members, but the only two actors so far to carry on. From their original roles in previous films. Because it's true. It's a fun fact. But it's not very fun in fact, it's very boring. I'll tell you the one bit the one bit I forgot to praise. because uh, it's really silly, but I found it really funny. Really? The bit where um they're they're about to switch the bat signal off mm. and then Batman flies through on his plane and Commissioner Gordon cheers and Batman just turns his head and does a thumbs up. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that is funny and really well <laughs> done. Like, we didn't mention the U2 song. Oh uh, God, yeah. We haven't got to that yet. <laughs> yeah, because that's the opening. That's the closing credits, isn't it? Uh, the the U2 song. Um, yeah, I mean, funny thing. Uh, this film got me into U2. Oh really? I attended. Yeah, I, I this, this. It got me into the Cold Kidman, if I'm honest. <laughs> if only. Uh... Not literally. Mind you, that would have been a popular ticket deal. <laughs> View cinemas, uh, View cinemas this summer. If you buy a ticket, <laughs> <laughs> must be expensive ticket, really. But <laughs> James Murphy's just covered his pants listening to this. You realise he basically can't. Um, no, we didn't be dated someone who looked exactly like her. Oh, I apologise, I apologise, James, for slagging off the show. Uh, I just remember watching that film uh, while you or before what, before you were sleeping a few years back, and I I just thought she before was, you were sleeping. Oh, I was like, well, why you? Were, I was, I was some it was, it was that film where she's like can't remember stuff. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, with um, was Colin, Colin Firth? Firth? Yeah, Mark Strong was in it as well. Before I go to sleep, he was really oh, yeah. good. 
uh, yeah, I just thought she was a really, really wooden in it, and I just something for thought. You think? Is there was there, was there read, read the book. The book is a lot better than the film. Was there performance of Nicole Kidman that I actually liked? And I, then I started sort of thinking. I couldn't think of one. So uh, yeah, there you are. That's what spawned that uh, thing. But yeah, but in terms of you too, I mean, um, obviously, I was like looking as a kid. I was looking forward to this film. So uh, watching the YouTube video, just watching all the clips, I could uh, kind of paved the way to actually listening to more of the stuff and I kind of, kind of came like a, a fan after that uh, not so much now I'm not a fan of the uh, the new stuff now because it's bobbins um, but yeah gem- generally since this yeah this kind of paved the way for my fanage yeah regrettably I'd probably lo- yeah I'd probably lose uh, uh, funny I probably, probably lose cool, uh, cool points for admitting this, that this, I uh, this, uh, would you like to repeat that please this page is funny. <laughs> I was like, um, yeah. What did you just say? Sorry, you two. <laughs> yeah, you, you need one to uh, be a fan of you two. Uh, <laughs> no, that's more Bon Jovi, isn't it? That's like that's like a rock band. For no, women. that's a man's man's band. No, bon Jovi. <laughs> how many how many men's bands like fucking blow waves and shit? Uh, I suppose. Well, I suppose that'd be Guns N' Roses, wouldn't it? Yeah, at least Guns N' Roses had a little bit of balls in their music. So, yeah, Batman Forever. Yeah, hold me, three, throw me, kiss me, kill me. Indeed. I, I should have worked that into my introduction, really, shouldn't I? Apparently, yeah. apparently, Joel Schumacher. <laughs> apparently, Joel Schumacher wanted Bonnie to do a cameo as uh, his. <coughs> okay, but... I, I'm sorry. I don't like to pick on you, Chris, but what was his surname again there? Bono. No, the director of this film. Joel Schumacher. That came out, that came out nothing like Schumacher. <laughs> what did he say? I don't know. I have to I'm rewind gonna, it. Listen. I'm going to have to listen back on the edit because that was. It's another Edward Snowden like moment. It was. It oh, was. okay. Was funny. Joel Schumacher. Uh, I, I feel like oh, I, I, when you do a show like this that you know people are going to listen to. You feel bad when you crack a joke on Twitter and or Facebook and you think, shit, I could have used that in the show. Because <laughs> obviously we're doing Batman and Robin next. Edward Snowden would have been perfect. <laughs> Can't crack that one, though. No. I'll wait to it on Facebook. Mm. Maybe we can get Arnie on, and then hopefully he won't, <laughs> yeah. he won't die. I, I reckon Arnie's probably the best thing in Batman and Robin. Uh, I haven't seen. That. I don't think I've seen that film since. What? I mean, since I, I'm struggling for a highlight. It's not like I can go where they were really good. No, but, <laughs> but I, 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 I imagine from the perspective that he's generally given it his all and wants to be there. Oh, Andy always wants to be there. I remember James Cameron saying that um, he was the hardest working actor um, he'd ever worked with, and he just said, "Say yeah. what you like about Arnold Schwarzenegger," but he never complains. He's always ready. Whatever degree of makeup or anything you want to put him do- through, he does it. If he's got to turn up in a certain shape or condition, he does, he it. does it. Yeah. An extraordinarily professional man. Yeah, professional through and through. That's the kind of image you generally get. He's nice to the little people as well. The morale amongst his cleaning staff are in some ways. They really go to work with us. Oh, I did. <laughs> And the bonus they get. (laughs) (laughs) 
So that's for Batman Forever. Uh, <laughs> we we will be back. Oh, we will. We we'll just, be back. We just stole the last line. We could have gone. We will be back with Batman and Robin. Yeah, but that doesn't fit the format of the show. But then I forgot that the whole thing about Schwarzenegger gives you that opportunity. Bollocks. Never yeah. mind. Um, I still see you. Yeah, you can do it, Chris. When you're on the yeah, show, but, you can do yeah, it. Yeah, but, Becca, your Schwarzenegger is just saying, I, st- you <laughs> I still see I st- you. Right, put it this way. We've not covered a Schwarzenegger film in this show yet. And you've now said, I still see you about eight times. About ten times. <laughs> You said it once when we were talking about something else and we weren't even talking to you. <laughs> Me or Chris was in full flow and you suddenly went, nice to see you. Because you, you were reading something on Google. <laughs> or IMDb or something. Yeah, it was about Arnie and I was like, oh, he was in that film. <laughs> I don't even know what that was. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, it's a about Arnie. It was during one of the Rocky films or something. It was like, where did she get that from? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was probably more um, oh, McBain from The Simpsons, I think, because that's probably more where that sort of comes from. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he had, I can't remember if he actually says, I used to see you. I think it's probably more a McBain type quote. Uh, I don't know if he does um, say, I used to see you. He, there are a lot of ice puns in that. Uh, film, yeah, probably. he probably doesn't. I think it's McBain. A specific one. He does say, let's kick some ice, mm. which is really stretching it. I'm going to count yeah, them all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a. I'm gonna all the ice of, puns. Yeah. Yeah, there are loads of them. There's, I, uh, there's, uh, let's kick some ice. There's chill. There's, uh, it's left me cold. To your pleas of mercy. There's cool party. There's tonight a freeze is coming. Oh God! Where can you find us on social media, folks? Uh, same, same on Twitter. The past at the pasty kid on Twitter. At the pasty kid nineteen seventy six even. And you can RV movies for uh, Becca. Yeah, I, d- I don't intend to tweet that much, but you can follow me there if you want to. We are at Expect Us to Talk. You can find us on Facebook. Just type in Do You Expect Us to Talk and you can find us there. YouTube, also do the same. And also on the iTunes and Stitcher. Um, type in Do You Expect Us to Talk in the search box. And don't forget with iTunes, give us a glowing five star review, pretty please, as it help us rank higher upsy charts. Upsy charts. Oopsie charts. And if you want to drop us an email, you can email us at expectasatalk at gmail.com. Yes, because uh, a good review would be very nice. Ice of you. Anyway, yes. <laughs> oh, sorry, Becca. Sorry, I was just repeating the same joke you've been saying the past seven episodes. I was going to see you. <laughs> Honestly, that's now in double figures, and we haven't <laughs> covered an Arnold Schwarzenegger film yet. That's about to change, though. Oh, because, Becca! Yes, do you expect to talk or return with Batman and Robin?